And now, introducing the man who's becoming a huge fan of the art of architecture and insists there's no better design aspect than, quote, roofs that are used only for aesthetic and serve no real purpose as far as utility is concerned so that when there are thunderstorms, you really aren't protected at all, unquote. This man spent the entire night trying to devise a way to ensure that neither the Red Sox nor the Yankees emerged victorious in tonight's AL wildcard game, and while he thinks he's discovered the solution, he's struggling on the application of the plan he titled, quote, Operation Ubaldo Jimenez Pitches for Both Teams, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. Tuesday edition of the program. I, I assure you I had no intent yesterday that we'd still be doing another full 24 hours of of final play stuff i thought i could write a column and no 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 well people we, normally we put the topic it. to rest whenever you write the column no i i didn't think that there would be barbs traded back and forth by Vic Fangio and John Harbaugh hey, yesterday it was bull-ass. I didn't, yeah thank you I didn't think that was going to be a thing, but here we are. I also didn't think we would suddenly start gaslighting. I didn't think that that was suddenly going to be a thing that was going to occur where we were going to pretend like, and I, you know, some people that otherwise I think are very smart, but are going to pretend like the Broncos uh, should have just taken a knee and not tried to score in the final minute, and that that's similar to getting the ball back up two scores with three seconds left. That's a that's a wild bit that we're doing. Where we're just downright gaslighting, like where we're just going along with it because we heard somebody else said it and we're unwilling to put like a second of critical thought into that and say, huh, what what would we expect our team to do in that situation? Huh. That's weird. That is that is some wild stuff. Here man, you go again, not... defending Vic Fangio. Yeah, right? We'll get, we'll get to it. Uh, Mike Nolan's going to join us in a few minutes. We'll get a coach's perspective from him. Jeffrey Chadia was in Denver for NFL Network over the weekend. I wanted to talk to him about the Ravens. We'll we'll do that still. We'll probably you know talk about some of this too. Um, and you never know uh, some some other stuff and things that might pop up during Irons the course and fires. of the morning. Um, I do not give a rat's ass what Vic Fangio thinks about anything. I don't, and I I can't believe that John Harbaugh allowed it to get under his skin that much. Now, I, I do get that it probably came off quite personal to John Harbaugh because I don't know that he had any reason to think that he and Vic Fangio had problems. Now, you know, I, I, that, doesn't, that doesn't make it okay to suddenly start gaslighting, but there's nothing wrong with John Harbaugh saying, I don't give an S what Vic Fangio thinks, and I don't think he should. I don't know why anyone does. I mean, the people in Denver that have to report about it, that he's their coach. His family, I would hope. But, yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know why anyone would care what Vic Fangio thinks about what the Ravens did at the end of the game. I have my own opinion. I shared it with you yesterday. I'm not going to waver on it. No one has presented me an argument as to why this record is a record. Like, no one has. Well, there's records that are records that aren't important. What's that? The amount of time you've spent or number of hot dogs eaten. Thank you. You know what I'm saying. We're not going to do this. Um, no one has presented an argument for me about why this matters. We're, we're just saying it does because please accept that it does. Like we're we're not actually attempting to defend it. We're just saying I need you to I need you for the sake of my argument to acknowledge that I'm right. Well, I disagree. You're not right. No one has ever cared about a hundred yards of team rushing in any football game in the history of the sport. 
No one. No one knew who held this record. No one had ever thought about it in their lives. It's not a thing. So that's my opinion. But I acknowledge it's my opinion. I think that you can have another opinion. You're doing a terrible job of defending it, but you can have another opinion. That's fine. Like, that's the way opinions work. We all have opinions. My opinion, based on every ounce of fact that I've ever been presented, is that no one has ever cared about 100 yards of team rushing in any football game in the history of ever. And no one can present me any amount of evidence that suggests otherwise in, until this one. This was the first time ever. You weren't alive in the 70s for what it's worth. Great point. I wasn't. But boy, have we tried to find out a Pittsburgh Steeler that wanted to come talk about it, and none of them seemed to have any interest. I have no idea if the Steelers even had a clue that they held the record before now. Because, again, it's not a thing. That's separate from what we're talking about now. Vic Fangio's mad about player safety. It's over the top. Again, is it similar to what I'm saying? Which is it, is it worth the risk of somebody getting hurt on a play like that? No. But is it an egregious player safety problem? No. That's way over the top. I don't think many linemen even initiated contact on that. Correct. Play. It's way over the top to suggest that it is. Way over the top. But what it doesn't require is us literally gaslighting to attempt to make a point. This is what we do now in this country. We throw out fact. Once we hold an opinion, fact be damned, our opinion is what matters most. And this thing we're doing where we're trying to compare the Ravens running a play in a situation where literally every time they have otherwise taken a knee versus the Bengals being down two scores late in the game and trying to go score is the definition of gaslighting. Fact. If you're down two scores in the final minute, you go try to score to make it a one-score game and then kick an onside kick. It has always and forever happened that way. If a team took a knee in that situation, you would call for that coach to be fired. Is that why Urban Myers have an issue? I don't think that's the one. <laughs> Forever and always. If the Ravens were down two scores in the final minute of a game and they gave up, we would be incensed. We would demand an explanation. We are gaslighting. Does everyone know that with 10 seconds left, it wasn't going to happen? Yeah, we know that. But you know who else had a 0.1% chance of winning a football game the previous week? Who had to do something that had literally never been done in football history? Stop the S. And because John Harbaugh said, that's the only disappointing part about all this to me, is that John Harbaugh decided to go the right route of gaslighting that he decided to act like a politician and just take a dumb thing that he saw on the internet and perpetrate it, perpetuate it. Jesus, perpetrate it. My God. I love it. Yeah, perpetuate it. That's insane. That's nuts. That's a terrible look for John Harbaugh. That's a guy that's so caught up in his tough guy feelings that he's lost the ability to think. I get it. You're mad that Vic Fangio said you did something that was bull-ass. 
I get that. I'd probably be mad about that too. So he said yesterday, even though I disagree with it, it's not that big of a deal. For Vic Fangio to grandstand about it is way over the top. And I don't I I would like to hope that with some clarity, with the amount of time passing, John Harbaugh would say to himself, Yeah, I kind of made myself look like an idiot yesterday too. That wasn't that was nece- that was unnecessary. And beyond unnecessary, it was it was gaslighting. And that's the part that bothers me. Because to whatever extent I'm still a journalist, fact needs to be fact. We can't just rewrite facts because we want it to be that way in order to make a point. And that's what we do as a society. As a society, we rewrite facts. We say, well, it's impossible for a team to score twice in 10 seconds. As if it hasn't happened many times in NFL history. I don't know about many, but it's... It's happened at least three times in the last 10 years. That's a quick Google search. That's the problem. We say things like we think we know something when we don't know it. But many you have is no still, idea what you're talking about. Well, many is a relative term, I suppose. How many times does it happen in comparison to how many times there's been a 66-yard field goal kick? I'm just saying many. An infinite number more times. You're just not. You're, stop the nonsense, Kyle. I'm not. This is. You're, no, I'm you're not disagreeing some with you. Crap. There's nothing to say there. I don't know how many times it happened before that because I only searched the last 10 years. It's happened at least three to, At least three times in the last 10 years. It's not hard. We, can, we all have access to this information. You can Google it too. I know because I did it in all of about 10 seconds. What I still can't Google is who owns the record for the most consecutive games with eight base hits in Major League Baseball history. Because again, no one cares about that type of stuff. Do I think the Broncos were going to do it? No, of course I don't. Of course, I don't think the Broncos were going to do it. Do I think that they believed that they were going to do it? No. But do I think they gave up on trying or should give up on trying? Not an effing chance. And where you really get lost is the people that try to do the bit where they're like, well, the reason why he's mad is because he only cared about stopping the record, which, of course, immediately gets nullified Because if that was what he really cared about, he could have just taken a knee when you guys think that they had given up on trying to win the football game. We're doing doing so much because we don't want to just say, my opinion is that I'm okay with it. Because we want to try to make it some sort of factual thing or there's some moral high ground that the Baltimore Ravens have. They won the football game. That's all that matters. There is no moral high ground here. There is room for multiple opinions about what the Ravens did at the end of the game. It's okay. It's okay to have differing opinions about that. You're not right. I'm not right. I mean, I'm, I'm right that no one's ever cared about 100 yards in a football game before. There's a team rushing record. Or at least they've never made it public. I mean, perhaps there's privately someone who cares desperately about it and for some reason has chosen to not speak out about it publicly. I I I don't know. But I acknowledge it's my opinion. It's when we conflate and try to make opinion fact. Our opinion is that we're okay with the Ravens running a play at the end of the game. Okay, that's your opinion. 
that's a risk that you're willing to take because you think this whatever you want to call this streak, whatever it is, is is something that's worthwhile. That's your opinion. We disagree. That's okay. I bet we disagree about a lot of other things. You probably think chocolate chip cookies are better than oatmeal raisin. I don't defend your right to be wrong. It's fine. Well, that's your opinion, so that's not fact. 100%. It's my so opinion. We're and not that's wrong. Right. No, it's right. 100% my opinion. Now you're contradicting yourself. It's, it's weird. It's weird how I do that, right? Um, that's fine. You're allowed to have your opinions. But when we try to rewrite fact, when we try to make it so that factually speaking, the Broncos couldn't have scored. It's also another weird bit where we're pretending like they didn't have the ball, but like suddenly it exists in a monolith. Like they only got the ball with 10 seconds left. Like they weren't driving, trying to score before then, and would have preferred to score before there were 10 seconds left. We're just ignoring all fact because it's not good for our argument. And our argument is that is what? Is that Vic Fangio is equally as unconcerned about player safety as the Ravens are? Is is that a good argument to be making? Is that is that something we want to do? Is that what we want to wave our flag about? Yeah, we you know what? You're right. We don't care about player safety, but neither do you. That's what we're hanging our hat on? Like, that's what we're sitting here doing? Or maybe we should just make a better argument. And the better argument is, we don't think this is that big of a deal because nobody got hurt, everybody's okay, and we don't care what Vic Fangio thinks. That's a fine argument. I'm still going to choose to have my opinion which is that I wouldn't have done it. But literally, as I wrote that opinion, I said five times, it's not that big of a deal. But we got to get a hold of ourselves when it comes to fact, when it comes to gaslighting, when it comes to trying to create a new reality because that new reality is better for our argument than actual reality. And it goes, obviously, far beyond football. It's a problem that has existed and has been brutal in greater discourse for some time now. And a lot of people would point out the former president. I don't really know that it started with the former president. I don't know when it started exactly. He never rushed for 100 yards. It's true. Well, we don't know that. I'm pretty positive. You say that. I have no I, I don't know that. I'm pretty positive. I don't think he did, for what it's worth. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But again, it's not one player. It's a team. So I don't know if he and his whole team I would bet against it. Rush for, you keep saying that. I'll you, make the bet right now. You have now. not done any studying on this subject. I will make the bet. Yeah, I, I have no interest in betting about this particular right, subject. You got yourself a deal. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I'm going to pass. I don't know where it started from, but we got to get a hold of ourselves. And like my buddy Josh Charles was mad at me last night because I wouldn't let him get away with it. I, by the way, I didn't even go to him. He went to me. He's like, come on, man, they weren't doing that. Like, it's not, it's not about whether or not it, they were doing it. It's about whether or not we're trying to conflate the idea that the game was over when it wasn't. And it was when the Ravens got the ball. And I know that because I've got the evidence that literally every time they've been in that situation, they've done the exact same thing. We're trying to create a new reality because that new reality makes it's the it's the the guarantee fairy we don't want our daughter to be missing we're trying to create a new factual reality because it's better for our argument and it's a bad argument it's not good it's not hard we can do this we're all capable of it make a better argument 
it, it's not one that's going to be based in fact. It's just going to be based in opinion. But that's all this is. I, I don't think there's anything more than that here. I think all of this is is a discussion about opinion. Until we get to the part where we create new facts. And then it's, then we have to debate whether or not. That's the other problem, too, is we have to debate whether a fact is a fact. My God. I would argue your raising an opinion is not a fact. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. What it's solid worth. observation. I agree with myself. Look at you're you're killing it right now. Yeah. You're killing it. You're going back to back to back to back to back. This is who we are. This is who we are as a people, and we continue to try to do it. Um, we'll talk about it. I'll get a coach's perspective next. Mike Nolan's going to join us, of course, part of the Ravens broadcast team. We'll get his thoughts on on this and and coaches and calling each other out and uh, like it's. It, I get why it's explosive. It seems to be beyond the pale. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, Window Nation's got the fall's calling sale going on. Window Nation, of course, has been offering you this incredible deal. Two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Plus, pay nothing at all for two full years. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show. 
every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox, Grade 8's memorabilia, and True Strong Services. This is Glenclarkradio.com. Nothing but net. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I, I don't really... I, from from Chris. Chris says, uh, Glenn, I've been following you over the last couple of days and understand what it is that you're trying to say, and I certainly don't think that a team should just give up in the final minute. I guess here's my problem with attempting to say that this is gaslighting. There is a bigger point to be made, which is that Vic Fangio has no right to tell a team what it is that they should do in certain situations. Trying to declare it as a player safety issue is wrong, Football as a whole is a player safety issue. Every time you line up, you are risking someone getting hurt. The Ravens didn't do anything extraordinary. Chris, that's that's right. I mean, that's right. You're you're right. I have no problem with saying that what Vic Fangio said was way over the top. I have no problem with that. Moreover, I personally don't care. Like, I just don't. I don't do radio in Denver. I don't do TV in Denver. I don't. I, I have no concern about what's going on with Vic Fangio and his opinions. That's fine. But that has nothing to do with creating a false equivalency. That's it. My point is, it's okay to say you disagree with Vic Fangio. It's just not okay to create a false equivalency in, in order to do so. And, and we... We're not all, but we should be smarter than that. And as a journalist, to some extent, whatever extent I'm a journalist, I, I have that obligation to point it out when it is. There is a false equivalency between saying a team that's down two scores in the final minute should stop trying versus a team that gets the ball back with three seconds left in a situation where they've always taken a knee forever. Those aren't the same things. So just don't do it. Just don't use that false equivalency, and we're good. No no disagreement whatsoever. Let's get a coach's perspective on all of this. Uh, obviously, things have gotten heated in the last 24 hours. Joining us now, of course, a former NFL coach himself, former Ravens defensive coordinator, now part of the Ravens broadcast team. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Coach Mike Nolan, who is with us. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it's nice to be on with you. It's great to chat with you. Did you I, and 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 coach? I apologize. I'm just forget. Did you ever get into like a a a, a heated dispute between another you and another coach at some point during your career? Do I remember? Do I remember anything at all that, that's like that? Um, a heated dispute, probably not so much. There might have been, you know. Uh, look, here's what I, here's what I'll say about that. Is I've been in in meetings with with many staffs on Mondays, the day after the game. 
And the head coach just said, why didn't somebody tell me we were so close to a record? You know, and then and then they're disappointed themselves because when you're when you're winning a ball game at the end of something like that, I mean, it's a way to reward your football team. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think exactly what John did was the right thing to do. And I was at the time it was going on. I remember talking in the booth with Jan Sandusky and Femi, and we were kind of saying, you know, will he do it? Will he not? And I was thinking to myself, as I just told you, I was reflecting on how many times. Uh, that somebody hasn't told the head coach. So I was kind of hopeful that somebody, if John wasn't already aware, I was hoping somebody was telling him, hey, coach, look, we are this far away from, you know, this record or whatever it might be. And, you know, just to throw it out there for you, how do you want to do it? Do you want to go for it or do you want to just let it be and move on? And uh, so personally, I thought it was, you know, I like what he did. I would have done the same thing. Anytime you have an opportunity to play as well as they played, and reward your football team before the game's over, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. So okay. I thought what he did was the right thing to do. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go a couple places. Do you, do you have a problem with what Vic Fangio said the next day? Like, does the other coach have a right to say, yeah, well, okay, but that, I don't like it either. Like, how, how do we go about handling that between coaches? Uh, look, he's got a right to say what he wants to say. If he wants to, if he wants to waste Mondays and Tuesdays when he's got a game coming up the following Sunday on the last game, that's let him let him keep talking. I'm I'm sure his next opponent, which is Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that's where the Broncos go. You know, they're probably happy still talking about it. <laughs> I'm, to, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, you're right. It's the Steelers on Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh is their next opponent. Um, here's the only thing that I and and Mike, you know, I I get everything you're saying. I just have literally never heard in my life a hundred yards of team rushing in a game being a number that anybody has held as being significant in any way, like a hundred yards from an individual. Obviously we've heard that a lot. Am I, has this been a number that people have cared about? And I've, I've just, for some reason, it's never come through. Like that's the part that's confusing to me. Well, people keep all kinds of records as you well know. I mean, they, and the thing, thing about it is they're known to be a rushing football team. And let's put it this way. It would be disappointing to the players and the entire organization, not, not on a large scale, but if, if the talk was that they said, hey, look, at, you know, boy, you are so close to keeping that record going because they have a reputation of being a great running football team and running for 100 more to them is important. Maybe not to some other teams, but to them it's very important uh, that they continue to, to have that reputation. So, again, under the circumstance, look, they, were, they beat the Broncos 23-7. to I don't, and, and, by the right. way, the Broncos were driving down the field also trying to score at the end of the game. So what was their purpose? They were down by 16 points. It wasn't like they were going to win. And so when people so, talk about injuries and things like that, you know, I mean, both teams. So, so I want to, I do, I do want to talk about that, Coach, because I, I actually have a like, as a coach, if you're in the final minute of a game and it's a two-score game, are you, are you just taking a knee? Or are you, I like, I, I've never, I've never heard this before, this argument that a, a two-score game in the final minute is something where you don't try any longer. Like I, I've always seen teams try to go score and then get an onside kick to try to score again, which we all know isn't like again. We all, we're all smart enough to know it's. The, the number of things that had to go right is so overwhelming, it's, it's not going to happen. But, you know, oh, hell, the week before that, the Ravens needed to convert a fourth and 19 and make a 66-yard field goal, and they were able to do it. Like, it, 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 that's new to me, this thought that, like, in the final minute of a game, if you're down by two scores, you're not trying any longer. I believe you try to score personally. I think if it's, like, the last game of the season or something like that, then I can see where you say, look, let's just put it to rest and move on because it's meaningless, whatever. But in their situation, the Broncos, for example, uh, 
you know, when they got the ball, I think they definitely want to go down and try to score because, for one, they have a backup quarterback in there that who knows, he may be the starter this week against Pittsburgh right. for the Denver. Right. They got to give him as much playing time as they can. So that's what you do, in my opinion. And that's what they did. They tried to take the ball down the field and, you know, create some kind of momentum, if nothing else, or confidence in the quarterback going into the following week. So I thought they did the right thing. Yeah, and that's, and that's how I felt. The, that's, that's why I was so confused by this sort of equivalency about the. And I'm like, I. I've I've never heard of this thought that like we, you just stop trying in the final minute of the game because it's two scores. I that no. that one was new like, to me. Yeah, like I said, I would say this: if it was at the end of the season, and and it means absolutely nothing. In other words, you're not going to try to get better for the next game. You really have nothing online. You can, you know, then I could see people just taking an knee saying, "Hey, look, I concede. It's all over. Let's just." Let's move on. Mike Nolan is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator and NFL head coach, now with the Ravens broadcast team. Coach, it, 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 is, this, is this just over now? Like, does everybody wake up today and say, all right, we got all of our pissing out of the way and we move? Like, it, I, I don't these, – these things, when they come up in football, is there any concern that down the road there's some guy that's still mad about something and they try to take a cheap shot on you? Like, how does this work when something like – this comes up in the course of a football circle? Uh, you know, there are some people that carry grudges, uh, and there's some people that do not. Um, this one, to me, I didn't think was a really a big deal at all. I mean, like I said, it, I'll say this. If, at the end of the game, if, if, the, if the Ravens had thrown a go, uh, you know, a go route down the sideline like a bomb to try and you know, get back at somebody, then you'd have known there was bad blood between the two. But there was, I didn't think there was any bad blood between the two at all. And at the time, to say, hey, look, I'm going to try and get three more yards so I can maintain a record, you know, so be it. Get your three yards and let's move on. I mean, it's not, it's not going to take anything away from or, – or it's not going to make my my worst, my worst loss any worse um, because you are adding points to it. But now if you throw a bomb on me, I'm going to think, what are you doing? You're up by 16 points. The game's over, and that's ridiculous. But to, like I said, for them to do what they did. But down the road, bad blood. You know, like I said, I think that's an individual thing. Some guys carry things, some guys don't. It also seems, I think, relevant that the Ravens, I mean, were giving every indication that they were going to run a play. They were not in the victory formation. They were lined up with Lamar Jackson in the shotgun formation and a running back alongside him. I mean, does that, shouldn't that kind of make it so that, hey, like, it's not like you were completely blindsided, even if this is their mode of operation, as Vic Fangio said, that they were going to be running an actual play in that moment? Um, you know, I, it was a it was a different formation. So you're right. The the antennas should have gone up on the defensive players had they not gone up. But but they stopped them. It wasn't. Uh, I'll say this. It wasn't as if uh, it looked like it was going to be wide open and go go the distance. Um, it just looked like you know. But it was it was unusual. Obviously, shotgun. Most often, guys are under the center, so they just take a knee. Um, you know. So it, it was again. I I just again they were aware of it. I, I don't think you, you don't want to. You never want to let your guard down, anyway. Like, what do you make of the uh, the running back situation right now? This is, I, I, I'm admittedly starting to get a bit concerned. And I get they'll probably give a little bit more of a, a Le'Veon Bell look, but I, I'm, I'm, I know teams never want to consider trading for a running back because it's just a position where you don't want to use assets, like in order to go get. That's the way we treated the position over the years. But man, it, it's 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 hard to feel comfortable about anything you've seen so far, and I just don't know that it's the while I know it can work, as hell, it worked on Sunday, I don't know if throwing the ball 37 times a game is, is really what is best suited for the Ravens to be doing the rest of the season. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting um, what uh, Greg Roman has had to do each week. Like, they're not going to ever talk about injuries or how guys are, but my feeling, and again, I've got no inside information at all on this, but it looked to me from the beginning of the game on that, look, they were trying to protect Lamar's back. You know, I know he'd missed a few days in practice, so I thought they were trying to protect that because he only ran the zone read. He only had ran read option, I think, maybe two times in the ballgame. It was downhill, straight ahead running because, and then some of those plays that you might think were read option were not. They were straight gives, and so they were trying to keep the ball away from him. So to to have him throw the ball, not that they wanted necessarily throw it, but they were running their power running game, and when they had to pass, they were passing. So I don't think it's necessarily their intention to do to pass as many times as you pointed out that yeah. they did in the ball game. But I think it's what the game kind of dictated for them. And when you when you take away the the zone read the read option, which is such a huge part of their of their offense, um, they're only left with power running and passing. Um, I did like the fact that when they did pass, they took those shots deep to back that defense sure, off. Sure. And as we all well saw, they had some success success doing it. Um, look at that's going to help them going forward, not only just by getting better at it, but it's also going to keep that opponent. It's going to keep that defensive coordinator when he's calling things a little bit more aware of, hey, I can't put everybody down in the box all the time and just think that I'm going to let somebody go one-on-one with these wide receivers from a vertical standpoint. So, um, again, I'm, I, I don't think their recipe is going to be the chuck and duck. Um, I think their recipe is going to continue to be, um, you know, to run the ball and all. But, again, I, I thought it was – I think thus far this season, whether it's the running back situation – or the quarterback situation, I think they've they've continued to try to adapt to what's going on. Now, getting back to your question about the running back, I, I believe their personnel department is always looking ahead sure. to see if they can find somebody. If somebody comes available, that wouldn't surprise me a lick that they do something. Although I think they're getting some mileage out of the guys they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, you know, I, I think there's there's a yeoman's effort that's being given. I just, boy, it, it seems like there's a limit, right? It, it just seems like there's a limit to what this group of guys can do. Um, on the other side of the ball, Mike Nolan, you know, that's 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 your forte, of course. Um, I, what Adafi Owe has brought to this football team in a very quick amount of time, uh, it, it really is blowing my mind. The number, it's not just that he's making plays, it's the situation where he's making the plays. Obviously, we all know what happened in the Kansas City game, but even the, the third down sack that he had on Sunday, which is like that to me, not all sacks are even created equal in my mind, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's an unbelievable play. How impressed have you been by this young man, and, 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 and where do you think he's his trajectory points him to is what he's capable for being for this football team. Well, I think he can really be a good football team and he's on the right team, the right defense, I should say for that to happen. Um, I know we saw him a lot in the preseason and uh, he's certainly a a specimen when you look at him from the standpoint of his, all of his physical measurables and and the way he looks and everything. Um, We're all well aware. He didn't get any sack, you know, his senior season and, and, you know, and, and, and the people that know knew that, hey, that doesn't matter because he's going to be a good player and being the personnel department and coaching staff there at the Ravens. But, uh, look, I think the player can be extremely good. What I've liked most of all lately is that he's got ball awareness, and I didn't see that necessarily in training camp. What I mean by that is, you know, he was making plays in training camp and chasing things down and looking all pretty and sexy, and that was all great tackling guys but if you're going to be if you're going to be a player that takes the next step and is considered a great player one day then you affect the ball and thus far he's affected the ball 
as well as the quarterback. And that's really the difference between a good player and a great player. So if he continues to have that ball awareness, much like Humphrey has on the corner, yeah, sure. he's just got tremendous ball awareness. And I think Humphrey's one of the best corners in the league uh, for a lot of reasons, but that's one of the main reasons why I think he is. And the same thing with Owe. I think Adafi is, is, is on that track because of his ball awareness. And if that continues, then, uh, you know, heck, he, he can go a long way because uh, – that, that's really what it's all about. If you're a great defensive player, it's because you touch the ball, not because you just make tackles. Last one for you, Coach. The you know We were spent the first couple of weeks of the season kind of a little concerned about the tackling. And even in the first quarter on Sunday, we were like, whoa, what is going on? And, <laughs> and suddenly something seems to change. Did, did the rest of how that game went, did that ease your concern about the tackling uh, from this football team? Or is that still something that you're going to have kind of filed away in the back of your mind? It's, you know, it's it's something you've always worked on. Look, I was I remember that drive. The drive they scored the touchdown on was, I think, the drive that we're talking about. I think it was four or five tackles missed on one. Javante well, Williams' play was, was I mean, the, somewhere yeah. right now, Marlon Humphrey still being carried in that situation. Yeah, there was. So that that was that was not pretty. But you're right. They got back on track the rest of the game. Um, remember this about tackling, and this is very true. Tackling is actually a very much of a team a team concept. It's very difficult. If you have a lot of open field one-on-one tackles that have to be made, you're going to have more missed tackles than you'd like. When you have guys that sprint to the ball, hustle the ball like the Ravens do, then I think you know you just learn the fits around you where everybody is so that you don't let guys get through. But, but again, like I said, that great tackling defenses almost always are great swarming defenses, and that's what the Ravens are. So I think they just continue to, to, to stress the things they always do, and that's running the ball and hustling and playing hard, and those things will all take care of themselves because uh, they're not a team that very – they seldom have a lot of guys out in space one-on-one. And when they do, they still have good players enough to make the tackle, but uh, I, think the, I think the tackling thing will slowly get better just because of the, the mindset and the mentality in which they play with. He is Mike Nolan, of course, part of the Ravens broadcast team, former NFL head coach, Ravens defensive coordinator. Coach, always appreciate taking the time for us. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Coach Mike Nolan checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us, as always. Today's show also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia and the Tyus Bowser Show. Of course, we will be back at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena on October 19th for the next Tyus Bowser show. Tyus and a special guest will be there. You're going to want to be a part of it. So make sure you're there. It's as simple as that. You don't have to do anything. Just show up. Twain's Tavern, October 19th. You can meet Tyus Bowser and his special guest. It's brought to you by Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, and True Strong Services. Josh Charles is going to join. I love Josh. We'll do that next. Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, 
I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and break suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at glenn clark radio 21st century talk radio at Every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m., the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. It's brought to you by CCBC as well as Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation. KZ joins us in studio every Thursday morning, 11.30 a.m., to help set your fantasy football lineups, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. He is uh, one of my favorite people, even when we disagree about things. Still love this man, love his work, and always appreciate him, not only for taking the time for us, but just how much he cares about our city. He is our friend, Mr. Josh Charles, and he's back with us on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, my man, feeling is very much mutual. It's very kind of you. It's very kind of you to say that. All right, so here's my... I know what you're going to say. This is my only deal, right? I I said that, and I wrote a comment about it. I, I disagreed... Because this record is nothing to me. Like, this just, I, I've never heard anyone say in their life that 100 yards of team rushing in one game is some sort of accomplishment. Like, I've, it's never been a number that's been discussed in any way. So my opinion is this, this isn't worth taking even a slight risk to go after. And, like, Lamar Jackson's wild indifference and in some videos almost disdain for it makes it so that I definitely wouldn't have done it. Um, but I don't care. If your opinion is that, you know, you care about it. You know, it's, it's your opinion. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. My only issue is like rewriting, you know, trying to create a false equivalency in order to, to defend it. Like, I, I think it's okay to just say, who gives a flying F what Vic Fangio thinks about any of this? Yeah, of course. No, I hear you. I mean, I read your points. And I, I mean, I, your, your, your point was that, you know, just don't say that 
they weren't trying to win the game. And, and I hear you. I mean, I think it's a valid point. And some, somebody else, you know, a fan sent to me, you know, a reminder of a few years ago when the Bengals, you know, in order to prevent a shutout, kicked a field goal at the end of the game. Right. You know, and Wink was really pissed off. Yep. And my response to that person is, you know, I, I hear I hear the point you're making, but I, I think there's a big difference there, right? If if the Bengals were trying to kick that field goal to to you know tie a NFL record since the 1970s, about God forbid, what would it be? You know, <laughs> preventing shutouts or whatever. Yeah. Admit, well, yeah, sure. If they haven't been shut out in whatever number but, of years. But yeah. I mean, whatever it would have been, yeah. you know, would Wink have been as upset? Yeah, he probably would have. He's a competitor, right? right. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a ballsy competitor. But I think he would have also understood. And I think the issue that I took with it, and again, you're right, who gives a crap what Gio <laughs> has to say, right? I mean, I don't care. Right. But I think what was surprising was just the sort of, the, the, you know, clearly he was very butthurt about it. And the, the idea that somehow we, because of that, and how we are as an organization, treat players' safety, you know, as a secondary thought to winning a game. And I just thought that was really... Considering he, he was here for a few years, I thought him and Harbaugh were, were pals. Sure. It just seemed like a really sort of out of left field, horrible take, someone who's clearly bitter. And my point was, if he's that upset that we did it, right, and it clearly it was his intent, and you could see from their game plan was to prevent it, well, you had every opportunity. I mean, you know, right. yeah, you had 100%. every opportunity to do that. You know, you could have just held on the ball, taken the L, you know, and protect your guys, run it out, run out the clock. You're taking timeouts. You're trying to win the game. Yes, I know there's a mathematical possibility that you could win the game. That's not happening. I mean, 10 seconds, come on, man. That's ridiculous. So I, I just think I think the notion of accusing us of that when, when you could make the same, you know, comment about him and I think even have a stronger um, basis for it, it's just absurd. You know, I, 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 lo- I would have been pissed if we didn't go for it. Unlike you – you know, I, I hear you, but I actually think it's a huge record. You know, it's a huge record for the teams, huge record. Fans are excited about it. I was watching the game at the end of the game, and it was, you know, when we were down by the goal line. I was like, oh, darn it, we only got six yards and we need seven. So, you know, like, we, even if we score a touchdown here on a run, we're not going to get it. And I just was watching the end of the game thinking, all right, we're not going to get it. And then Everett a- makes that pick. I'm like, I hope he goes for it. Why not? You know, why not? It's your arch rivals record. It's been, it's been, you know, in place since the seventies for those great Steelers teams in the seventies. There's a lot of people, I think fans and players alike who it does matter to. And so to Harb's point, like, you know, he's all pissed off about, you know, the extra four yards. What about the 401 yards we threw on? You know what I mean? Like, and, and put on him. Like, well, well, he doesn't have a problem with those other yards. Just the, just those last four is the only issue. Get out of here. That's it's nonsense. It, look, it, it, I thought, I thought it was way over the top. What he said, I thought it was ridiculous. I, you know, but I just don't care, yeah. right? Like Vic Fangio. No, I'm with you. Yeah, it I'm just, it has, it has no impact on my life with Vic Fangio. I say, no. and I certainly understand. And we've all been there, Josh. You know. You, you, I'm sure you know what this is like. When somebody says something about you and you just stop thinking, like you, you end up saying something in response where like if you had another 24 hours, you'd be like, man, I didn't, I didn't need to do that. Like I didn't need to jump into the fray the way that I did. And, I, and my gut is that's what John Harbaugh would say today. That today he'd be yeah. like, look, man, I, I, I could have just but let he, all that run off my back and not given a crap he, about any of it. But Glenn, he did. I mean, he could have attacked. I mean, he, he sort of shot back a little bit that they were still going for it. 
but that's a fair point when you're being attacked. He didn't make it personal. You know what I mean? I mean, he talked about the game. I don't think John did anything, to be frank. I think he handled it with, like, the utmost class and grace. Like, it's Vangio's the one that's out of line. I mean, well, he's I... accusing our team and our organization of not caring about players. And John was just making the point that you're trying to score a touchdown when you're down by 16. We didn't even think we'd get the ball back. You know, I'm not sure what 16-point, you know, swing you're trying to do in 10 seconds. When we got the ball back, we're going for it. I don't, I don't see that as him regretting that. I regret maybe, you know, responding on Twitter that, you know, Mangio, he, he, he's, he's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, that probably was not the classiest move of me. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I should have taken a pause and taken your advice, and I'll, I'll do that next time. But oh, dude, we've, all, we've all done this. We've all done this. We've Listen, all... It's football season. Yeah. I need a reason to get a chip on my shoulder. F- that's Vic Fangio. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can he can he can kiss it where the sun don't shine. I don't care. And uh, nobody got hurt. Um, I think it's an ex- I think it's a great move. You know. And I, I loved it. I love that he went for it. I I, we, I just and and by the way, and I have no problem. I don't. We are we are allowed to have varying opinions on these things. And of course. And, and it's totally fine by me because as I, even when I wrote the piece of pressboxonline.com, I said I disagree, but I know it's not a big deal. Like I just, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody's, it's it's to me, it's just that the reaction to it is even far more interesting than the record itself, which still nobody knew existed. Like none of this to me is a footnote in the notes page that we're treating as well, if I it's think, a hallowed record. You're, I think you're frankly belittling a little bit, Glenn, but I also feel like part of your point why I responded on Twitter was just that I think you were you're claiming that there's a false equivalence, and I'm saying I don't think there's a false equivalence because they're not really, you know, it's, it's not one or the other, they're, but they can both exist, you know, in the same universe, right? Like, they could have just run the clock out, take the L if it really mattered to them that they, hey, they could held their head high, and just like, you know, the coach from the, you know, Lions, you know, Aaron Glenn, everybody can call Vic Fangio around the league. Oh, how'd you stop them Ravens from running the ball? You know, right. and he can have a little Woody for four days, you know, answering questions from all his friends. Oh, I did this. I did that. Well, you know, if that was so important to him, then, you know, just run the ball. Don't take the timeouts. Take the L like a grown up and, you know, shake but, hands. But, but, and doesn't, have a day. but doesn't that prove that he's still trying to win? The fact that he didn't do that? Like, doesn't that prove the point, which is that they're still trying to win the football game in those closing minutes? Like, that still matters? Well, I mean, of course, of course you could theoretically say they're trying to win, of yeah. course. But I think you could also make the argument that they're just trying to pad some numbers, get luck some reps since he might be in there now for a few weeks, right? And, you know, I have no problem with it. You know what I mean? You want to do that? That's your choice, right? But then don't, don't, don't say that what we did was somehow way, yeah, way, I, and, you know, and, and below the line. That man, that just really does become, dude. I think this is my bigger problem. Josh Charles is with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Is it like I? I think that I'm, I'm more, I'm shook by what's happened with gaslighting as a whole in our country in recent years, yeah. right? Like where, where we create our own facts in order to make our points instead of dealing with, like, the facts that are really the facts. And I don't know what to what extent I'm still a journalist at this point because I do this silly stuff. Like, this is more who I am anymore than I am actually a journalist any longer. But whatever part of me that's still a journalist, like, I do have to still deal in facts. And a hundred times out of a hundred, if a team's down by two scores in the final minute, they're still trying to go score in order to kick an onside kick and have whatever small percent chance they have of winning the game. I think we all know sure. the Ravens had a 0.1% chance of winning a game a week ago and still managed to do it, right? And I, mm-hmm. you know, they've got Justin Tucker and the Broncos don't have somebody that's particularly good at Hail Marys. Like, you can make that point. I'm not trying to make everything apples to apples. But my, my issue is that we have to acknowledge that the Ravens, every time they've ever been in this situation, and I, I did that math, they, they've always taken a knee. In the, when they've got the ball leading by two scores at the end of a game, 100 times out of 100, they take a knee. 
They did something different. That's fine. Again, the opinions are the opinion. I don't have that. That, that yeah, to but, me is but, merely but again, an opinion context, thing. But context is king here. I mean, right. They did something different because there was a right, record. They were, and I get that. I under and I completely understand that. But but also a hundred times. Can't just say they never did it. They never did it because they never I, needed to. I to. totally they get to it. At this point. But but the equivalency is a hundred times out of one hundred a team that's down by two scores in the final minute of a game is still trying to go win. So the equivalency thing is one, one of you did something that you wouldn't do in that situation. That's what creates a false equivalency to me, is trying to pretend like you both did something that's different than what you should be doing or what you've done. That's, that's facts say that's not true. And again, Josh, is the weird part. How's that gaslighting? You lost me on that. I'm not sure I understand. Because we're trying, to create, we're trying to make it so that you doing something that you've never done before is the same as a team doing something that they've always done in that situation. First of all, I, I never would have had any issue and called them out for what they did, it, it, right. except for the fact that they, they, they crossed the line and, and disrespected our organization and our team. Not everybody, by the way. Some of the players were like, I don't care. We should have stopped them. Right. Right. But I'm talking about Fangio. Clearly, he's upset. And I think he made it personal, and that's the only reason I sort of reached well, back that, out. I that, don't really, I'm not right. losing any sleep over it, but at right. the same time, it's not, you know, like, I think Harb said it right. You know, what's important to them is not necessarily important to us, you know? And so we wanted to go for it, and we did. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there, and you see we're going for it, then line up and stop us if it's that important to you, you know? And, and that part I of it, I, we're, we're in complete agreement on that. All of that, we're in agreement on that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, I have no... I have no. I don't think what he said was okay. I think it's way over the top. I think it's ridiculous. I also don't think it's a good argument, by the way, to say back, well, yeah, but you, okay, so yeah, we don't care about player safety, but you don't care about player safety too. Like, I don't think that's a good argument to make back when you say well, that. Not, but say, I mean, listen, I don't yeah. think that's gaslighting. I mean, I think that's saying, I think that's, you know, if somebody's going to accuse you of something that you could clearly say that they did the same thing. I mean, I think it's just a natural, reflective response, reactionary response to someone attacking you on something. I mean, I think it's all honestly a big whatever. I'm not really concerned <laughs> about it. We went for it. He's mad. He'll get over it, you know. But at the same time, like bringing in play player safety just seems such a weird take on this whole thing, and that somehow implying that we, you know, that he wasn't surprised by that we did that. I mean, how could you not be surprised by that when we've never done that? As you just pointed out, because we've never needed to. So that's not surprising to you that we did that. I mean. How about saying, look, it pissed me off, you know? I wish they would have done that, but, you know, that's them and that's their decision, and they went for it, I'm, and we had the ability to stop them, and we didn't. I mean, complete, I mean that's the grown-up thing to say. That's I mean, why he won't be a head agreement. coach in another year or two. Well, that you, might, I mean? you might very well be right about that. I think somebody would argue, I don't know why he's really a head coach right now. I think there would be an argument about that for sure. Like my granddad getting mad, man. It's like, settle down a little bit, bro. All right. You know what I mean? Just, just have, that, have that decaf a little bit. Take a little chill. Take a sit down. Are you, you know I mean? are you at all worried about the running back situation, Josh? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm legitimately I am, worried I am, about it. I am, it. actually. I'm, I am because, I, because we just don't – we're lacking that explosiveness, you know? And I think that, that's really what the ability to cut and all that stuff. I mean, I, I think Murray looks okay, but he, he just doesn't look as fast as our other guys. I'm not ready to, you know – I'm not ready to, to, to write the book yet on Bell. I, I wasn't – you know, I think John said he made some nice blocks and stuff like that, and, and that's good, you know. But in terms of running, he didn't get a lot to do. It seemed like Lamar made a concerted effort that he really wasn't running much yep. yesterday. That Big seemed time. like a real choice and in the game plan, and I think it obviously worked for us. Um, and good. Let him have some games where he doesn't do that. You know, he's going to have to do it enough, we know, when we need him. So, but, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, also more than concerned about, like, Tyson, if it, if it really is just a rotation thing, letting, letting Le'Veon have a chance, or is there 
is he in some kind of doghouse that we're not aware of, not to create controversy that's not there because I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm concerned, but I, I think I think we can. We've got time, you know. It's also our offensive line. I mean, I don't know about you know. What, what about uh, Villanueva? Is he is, is that that didn't seem like a serious injury, correct? Uh, no, apparently the word is that it's not. No know, indication that will correct. be. That's what yeah. John. That's what yeah. John said after the game. And for as everybody says, well, John never tells the truth about it. Like if if they knew it was a serious injury, John wouldn't say it's not serious. Like that's. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. He's not a liar like right. that. No, I'm right. with you. He just play. He'll play. He'll play coy with exactly you, right. you guys in the media, but he's not going to lie about something. Correct. No, I'm with you. Listen, all I know is I love Coach Harbaugh. I think he's such a great coach. I just think he just grows and grows with the players and, and evolves and is such a great leader. And I, I love, you know, just the way he, the way he deals with this team, the way he's dealing with you guys. I watch these press conferences all the time. I just think he's gotten so much better and better at it. I think, you know, one of the best picks Steve Bichette ever made, you know, oh, I, look, that? I, we got, we got Harbs. I love Harbs. I think he's, I think he's, he's, he's ballsy. He's aggressive. I mean, you know, come on, going for it on that fourth down. I know, analytics say yeah you should but you know that's another one i got in fights with fans with well it's really some were saying it's a no-brainer well it's a no-brainer i don't think any i don't think a lot of coaches make that call in the kc game you know um they don't want to they don't want to take the heat if it doesn't go i think think it's a bigger problem in football that exists too right like it's just that we're still like 20 years behind in accepting like this is how the game should be played by the way what the chargers did last night that was oh my god that was i was just thinking that you want you want ballsy that was ballsy what the Chargers dude, did last night like I that right now man I like that team oh I, dude I, I think Justin Hebert is legit and I am worried about playing them because that, that team's got a lot of weapons they are just they're just going balls out whatever it takes they don't care and we're going to need our best effort you know if we can get through these uh Colts here which I will be at the game I'm very excited nice about. very cool very cool um you know it's been a couple of years I went to the preseason Saints game but in terms of regular season because of COVID and then the year before I was working you know across the country and yeah. I haven't been to the stadium for a real game now in two years That's so awesome. I'm really excited I'll be working a lot in and out of town in October so I'll be able to I'm going to catch a couple games going to the Bengals game and you know, maybe even the, the Chargers game, I got to work that Sunday, but that kind of sucks. But, All right, so, t- so tell me what's going on in your world, bro. Like, what's what's happening? I'm, shoot, I'm shooting this uh, this HBO limited series with David Simon. Oh, yeah. oh that's uh, right. This is Justin the, the Just a Fun book. thing. Yeah, I've been meaning yeah, to talk to you. I'm so excited about this. And uh, I've been shooting that since July. I've been back and forth a little bit, and i got to come down on Wednesday, and, you know, i got about another month left of that. And been having a great time. Always wanted to work with those guys. I was, have Big you ever have you ever worked with David before? Like, have you? Ever I've never been? worked with David. Never, oh. never worked with him. Just knew him on Twitter a little bit. Never worked with him. Never met him. Never knew George. Just admired their work. You know, it's just one more you know box to check off. Oh no People doubt, Baltimore man. That I that I wanted to work with. Oh. Now it's just Levinson. I've worked with Waters. Now I'm working with Simon. Now I just need to work with Levinson, and I can call it a day. The triple crown. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I'll just retire. But uh, um, I gotta I gotta get on Barry about that. He's gotta hire me for something. <laughs> but yeah, this was just I followed this story. You know, yeah, just from all the Justin's reporting. And when I when I when I saw the book, I was like, this someone's gonna make this into a movie or a TV show, and the perfect people did. And you know, it's 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 a great cinematic story, and, and the writing is just so good and nuanced and layered. You know, just like The Wire, it just sort of tackles all the issues in a really, you know, just a really intelligent way. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to see how it all comes together. Is David as pugilistic vocally as he is on Twitter? <laughs> I'm just curious. No. I, I haven't found that in person. You know, I mean, I think... 
you know, I love, I mean, I love him just smacking trolls around on Twitter. It, it, it does make me laugh. And, and uh, sometimes I, I literally will laugh out loud. Um, but no, I, I, I haven't found that, in, you know, Certainly, in the in my personal interactions, with him. <laughs> it's funny. I, like, I've I've only had a couple conversations with David over the. I don't know what the number is, but it's a handful. And I I think you would know that I am a, a romantic guy. Like I love stories. You know, like I just he wouldn't kiss him. Yeah, correct. I was really upset yeah. about that. But like I yeah, I re- I really I really get caught up in like special stories, and I would try to roll one out to David in like a conversation, and he would just be very like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's interesting. Like he would just no sell everything that I thought was super cool, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense, right? Well. Uh, something it's really interesting though when you, when I watch him you know on, on Twitter it's, it's just he's such a his mind is just so brilliant you know he's such yeah. a great writer the way he can put words together is incredible um, yet I find his writing in terms of you know cinematic writing to be you know it, it, not that like it, it's just it, it feels like so like perfectly invisible mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's so good but it's not like in your face you know what I mean it's just uh it, it's it just feels grounded and real and. Uh, and, and not self-aware at all, like some writers can be, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I think it's, you know, these scripts are fantastic, man. All, so cool. All the That's so cool, George man. And him and all the other guys, it's, it's cool. You know, it's See, this is, Josh, this is the type of, I would, I, I'd be romantic about this. Like, you work in this project with David Simon and with Justin Fenton. Like, I would try to have this conversation, be romantic about it. And this is where David would just be like, yeah, I don't know. He's an nah, actor. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. I don't agree. I don't agree with you, Glenn. I don't agree. I can't go there. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> there are few follows that I have on Twitter who send me to the dictionary.com website like David said. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's a fact. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I'm, fact. I, I literally read them over and over. I'm just like, man, this dude is so smart. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so smart and so on point. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. You know, it's definitely. Uh, the- so, yeah, we'll finish that up. and Let's see the Ravens. You know, I love it. Looks like the defense is making the step in the right direction and hopefully we get a couple guys back this next week. It'll be exciting to see what we're doing. I think this is clearly a year about overcoming adversity. You know what I mean? We've been hit with the horrible stick and these guys are rallying and we'll see what we can do out of it. I'm excited about this year. I just feel like it's if we can get through it and somehow get to the postseason, you know, I think we're going to be a lot stronger because of it. I think it's going to bode very well for us if we, if we get that far. He yeah. is Mr. Josh Charles, Mr. Josh Charles on Twitter. Of yes, course, sir. is how you follow him, and he'll be at the game on Monday night. And uh, if I know anything, Josh Charles, a man of the people, has literally never said no to a you know a, a, a pol- beer, a polite. Buy me a beer. I would never say no to a beer. I'm there, and I will be drinking. Love you, brother. Thank you, man. Love you too, my man. Always Good to appreciate talk to you. you. Bye, Glenn. Josh Charles, checking in with us here on GCR. Like, you know, reasonable people have room in which they can disagree. I've I'm doing this forever. This is not that big of a deal. There are far bigger problems. My my issue is very specific in relation to this. It's not even I, if you disagree with me about the record or any of that. That's that's your opinion. You shouldn't like, uphold Bradley Bozeman on that play. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? No, I mean, like that's 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 a that's that's opinion based. My only like this only turned for me when we suddenly tried to accept the final play of the game versus the Bengals trying to score as being the same thing. Broncos. Did I say the Bengals? A couple Why times did I now. say the Bengals? Why do I keep the first time? I was wondering if there was some time that we were in the past. Oh, but you know, because Bengals. he brought up the Bengals field goal thing. That's what happened. Okay. He brought up the Bengals field goal thing. The Broncos, of course. Um, like that's that's the only that's the only thing that becomes problematic for me is that we're just we're creating a new reality where because we don't think they would have done something, even Mike Nolan did it. Like he said that, and then I was like, 
Mike, you think they should have given up in the final minute and not tried? And he's like, oh, no, no, they definitely should. Like, that's the point. The point mm-hmm. is they're not the same thing. Like, we can keep trying to make it the same thing because, again, what we're really trying to say is we disagree with Vic Fangio. That's cool. I'm good with that. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Think he's a blowhard. Think he, you know, shouldn't be an NFL coach. Any of those things. I'm all board. I'm on board. That's totally fine. It's just trying to create a false equivalency between the idea that they were wrong for trying to go for it. And even when you create that false equivalency, what you're really saying is, yeah, you're right. We don't care about player safety, but neither do you. And that's a even if it was a true equivalency, it would be a terrible argument to make. Like that doesn't that doesn't just think a little brain. That's it, man. Just use a little thought. That's all. So yes. an interesting idea, by the way, David Montgomery about to miss four to five weeks yeah, of the fans' that. football implications. I'm wondering, do I put a number one claim in for Damian Williams, Williams? But the Bears are awful. Uh, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. But really, really raised, regretting using it on Chuba, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, well. Chubby Hubby. I still have the number one waiver wire, so I'm like, oh, that's my problem. Yeah. Um, KZ will help. Uh, yes, we'll do that on Thursday. Unfortunately, I already did that promo, so I can't. Fine. Not a time to do it again. Somebody brought up an interesting idea. Look, the Jaguars are apparently in disarray. Yeah, I saw this floating around. I don't know that they would, of I course, think it's, right? It's like, they border- clearly value James Robinson. They have no reason not to. That said, they... They or Urban Meyer, perhaps more than the front office. I don't know how that all went down. Yep. They did draft Travis Etienne 100%. in the first round. Um, would what would it would it would require a third? I would imagine. Oh, I think it would have to require a third. And I think that's the tricky part. Is I don't with the think, depth that they have moving forward. Would you want to invest that heavily? I don't in, think that's the guy. I, like I saw it, and it was interesting because I like you could create a scenario where it's practical in some way i still don't know that it's practical but you could create a, a, a scenario in your mind where I it get is that. um but yeah I, you just you end up getting caught up on there has to be a limit to what it is that you're willing to spend granted he's not a, the, the contract for james robinson is not at all no, he's it's, undrafted it's not free the, agent so it's, like it's, it's not the issue but it's the it's the, for the, it, capital, the capital exactly yeah. right like there has to be a limit to the they capital to have two to three third round picks right i mean they figured yeah. they have one for judon yeah they'll get one for I Cully. Think somebody i think somebody said that that it's not Guaranteed for Judon. Yeah, I mean, he's played right. quite well. He has played quite well. Yeah, that's Fifty-four true. mil is no 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 chump change. I, know. I feel like he would get a third. I mean, the Cully thing we know is a yes. third, so they're at least going to have two. It's a, you know, I mean, you'd have to do some honest evaluation of the roster and determine whether you really feel this is a Super Bowl caliber team. And I, I think they would say they do if they had the right pieces in place. And I think the concern most falls. Apparently, with the the common thought is that Judon would be a fourth. Interesting. I don't know how that works, but could he play himself into? I mean, he's but for what it's well. worth, also in Gakwe is no. It's it's the contract. It's the fifty-four mil over four years. Is I understand. I don't know who else. It, I'd have to sit back and see. There's only so many third-round picks they get. They don't just give out an an, yeah. un, an unlimited number of third-round picks. There's a number at which it gets capped. So, like you'd have to go back. Like how much Kenny Galladay get? How much? Do, mm-hmm. You know, like all of these various things. I don't know. But this is from USA Today. The assumption is, and actually, no, sorry, it's from NFL.com. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a good would you rather, obviously. Um, I, I I just don't – I think it ends up becoming impractical. Unless for some reason the Jaguars are just giving guys away. Urban Meyer will take him too. Right. Um, <laughs> God, staying with his grand. I wanted to stay home to see my grandkids. There were these hooligans at the table next to yeah, us. Yeah, what the wouldn't hell? wouldn't let me leave. They kidnapped I was just me. There, I was just there for the grandkids. She threw herself at yeah. me. Yeah. I was just oh, sitting God. on a stool. The, the the one that's come out recently yeah, with the girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 That is uh, not a great look. Well, I mean, it depends. That night on, it was, I bet. I mean, right. <laughs> I, it, it sort of depends on. 
I mean, she doesn't seem to be accusing him of no, assault. No, she no, no, no. seems to have been a willing participant in the the whole thing. But, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things you find out years later. Boy, is there anything more depressing than reading all about like the blurred lines video now? Like Emily Rajatowski came out and was like, I'm not "Yeah, familiar. oh no, Emily Rajatowski was like, Robin Thicke assaulted me on the blurred line set, grabbed my bare breasts. Not a good move. My, like at the time, it was so cool and it was so. And, like, everything about Blurred Lines has just gone to hell in a very short amount of time. I have, uh, this is one of those topics that I am entirely oblivious about in all manners. I don't think I've seen the video, so. Oh, it was very, it was a very big deal in 2013. You know how they, I do. You they know put how out, I just they put out a, put vi- the they put on. a music video on YouTube with three naked women, like, on YouTube. You could just watch it. Like, it was, it was insane. Like, it was this, it was the biggest topic in the internet, in I the world, it was like this massive women. thing, and it was shocking. But yet, it had a female director, so like it I'm was anti-naked women. It became uh, thank you, Kyle. Yeah. It became this like statement as well about feminism. Like we're allowed to do this, and then Emily Rajatowski became like one of the most famous women on the face of the planet very quickly. And like it was just this wild story, and it involved Ti and Pharrell, and you're like, whoa. It normally does, for what it's worth. What's that? It normally involves Ti. Yeah, and most of them do. That's a great point. He's very much in the middle of all these things. And then, and then over the years, it has called just Ti about his opinion on this. About what? The Fangio. Hardball oh, the Fangio thing. thing. Yeah, yeah right. we should find out exactly <laughs> what Ti. Yeah. What did my boy Glenn Eunice used to say? Where's Ja? We need we need to get somebody to get Ja Rule on here. I got some questions that Ja Rule might not be able to answer. Where's Ja? Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't Eunice is doing talking to him forever. I saw him on uh, I saw him on Sunday. I saw him on Sunday. Where? At the we had a at, we were all doing our basic white girl things at the farm on Sunday. We all went and visited Gaver Farm on Sunday. It seems in like Mount, a very random place to run into somebody. I, the entire state was there. I the wasn't. entire I'm telling you, I've never seen a crowd this large at anything. What like, was that happening? It's it's a place you go in the fall. Like the, the, you will when you become a father, which on, on your track might not be all that long. Um, when know. you become a father, you're going to understand that like this is what you do on Saturdays in the fall. You go to a farm, and you you slide on slides, and you pick pumpkins. This because Facebook you... was down. Because Farmville was down, right? What? Farmville. Oh no, that was yesterday. That was not. They were unrelated to. It's subject. a pumpkin patch. It's like a big old pumpkin patch. It, but it's so much. It's and a corn maze, and uh, there's obstacle courses, and there's like literally silos they built slides into, and like big pits of corn. Like it's just. It, it's a it's an amusement park. I saw park. how that went in a quiet place. No, thank you. It, it's an amusement park that's just a farm, is really what it is. They have roller coasters. No, there's no roller coasters. Not an amusement park in my book. They sell lots of cider and apple cider donuts. That's I mean, what that's you do in the fall. Yeah, that's that's the way the fall. Who's works. serving alcohol? Uh, there is alcohol. There is alcohol. Not at all What's of the them. Flask but this policy. one there was. I don't I don't know if they're really like patting you down. I think you'd be able to do what you want to do. I'm in. <laughs> I got too well, drunk on Sunday. I, I need to take I, two on, Sundays on, off. On, on su- this coming Sunday, the Ravens don't play uh, in the afternoon again, so I bet that I will end up at a farm somewhere. That's what you do. That's I'm the way I'm going to the Chargers game. Okay. Well, that's neat. That's a neat thing to Assuming do. I'm back in so, town soon enough. Justin Herbert. I'm a big, that was ballsy on fourth and two. For them, that was legitimately ballsy because that's not as obvious. And they don't have Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. They were just throwing a fade to a tight end. Now they got the magic they wanted. They had a tight end on. Love the fade. Uh, love the fade route. Well, it wasn't a fade in the back of the end zone. It was a fade. Love the, the fade it was route. The fade in the open field, which worked out quite well to them. They went to Jared Cook, and it was very good. I love fades. Okay, so there's that. I don't know what fade fades. Here. Fade fades. That's what you've always said. I've <laughs> heard that. Project Game Day returns uh, this Sunday. We will be with. You, or no, Monday night. Sorry, we will be there Monday night. 
myself at halftime, and I'm joined by Ken Zalis post-game. Facebook.com slash Sports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the post-game show. It's all brought to you, oh, by a group of people, and they're all wonderful folks. Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see you for Project Game Day on Monday night. Jeff Chidia was at the game on Sunday. We'll get his thoughts on lots of different things. Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly Looks as though the Jaguars are not going to fire Urban Meyer. A statement from their owner, Shad Khan, says, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who Similar supports him. his wife, I believe. Yeah, I would think that would be the, the, you know, the start of the list. I mean, I, 
I, th this is a little over the top to me. Uh, everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team, I am confident he will deliver. With, with all due respect, I'm not really sure what he owes to anybody besides his wife. I mean, I I don't know. I I get that it looked. It's a it's a it's embarrassing a little bit, but I'm not really sure that he betrayed anyone by being out of a bar and having a woman grind the against optics him. of it were you know when he was like. He was criticizing Trevor Lawrence for a Vegas trip in March. Well, that's a di that's a different conversation. Sure, that's a different conversation. Every se but the point is that it doesn't look like he's getting fired. It looks like that was that means a he's still making personnel decisions though. So maybe he gets James yeah, Robinson for a makes fifth. Maybe James Robinson a little bit cheaper. Right? Exactly right. Hey, every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com/tickets. The Ravens were in Denver on Sunday, which is where our next guest was as well. His story was much more about the Broncos, but he was there. He saw what he saw. We want to talk to him about it. He is our friend, Mr. Jeffrey Chidea from NFL.com and the NFL Network, and he's back with us here on GCR. Jeffrey, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. It's always good to chat with you, man. Jeff, But I, like before we get into the Ravens, like the whole – I don't really want to – spend a lot of time on it because it's just so over the top the whole brouhaha for how the game ended nah. what, what did what yeah. did you make of all of it what did you make of it you know boiling over for another day I, and and i'll tell you like my opinion was very simple i don't think this record is a record like it does nothing for me no one's ever talked to me about 100 yards of team rushing in a game as being a thing that matters so there's no world in which i'm risking at all even remotely a chance of lamar jackson getting hurt on that play for something that seems like it's not a record. But I don't think it's that big of a deal that they did. Like, it just doesn't – I don't think it's the end of the world. The whole thing, what did you make of it? Well, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, I've seen crazier things happen in the NFL. And to be honest, I was in the Denver Broncos press conference after that game, and, and there was no mention of that that play um, in that initial press conference. And so either Vic Fangio saw something or heard something after the fact or someone told him about what Harbaugh had said or tried to do and kind of obviously next time he got in front of a microphone he had a different view of things but you know my, when, when the play happened I didn't even think about it you know the game was over I moved on didn't know anything about the record as you had said but you know it's pro football it's not college football it's sportsmanship you'd love to see it but you know I've seen guys take cheap shots before I've seen guys do things that were borderline um I, to be honest with you, I suspect that play just lit a fuse under Fangio because he was upset about sure. the hit um, on Deontay Spencer and the block on Patrick Sertan. I think that was all wrapped up into that, hey, I know how they operate uh, line together. But it, it seemed a little bit over the top. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, just, you know, like the players, like the player safety thing, man. Like, really? You play football. <laughs> like, it was, they, ran, they ran a football play. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not really sure where that comes from, the whole player safety bit. That seemed to be way over the top. All right. Um, let me get to the Ravens. I, I am I am starting to be in a place. We were joking about James Robinson a second ago. I don't actually think that that's the answer. But I'm starting to get to a point where I am genuinely concerned, Jeff, about what they're doing in the backfield and and these the guys that are running out there just not being the guys that are explosive enough to allow them to do what they really want to do as an offense. And it's not that they can't. You know, clearly, they threw the ball 37 times on Sunday. It worked. Lamar played really well, and they won a football game against a competent football team on the road. Like It's not that they can't do it. I'm just not certain that throwing the ball that many times the rest of the season is what the Ravens are best suited to do to try to go win a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, well, I, I get where you're coming from on that. I actually was encouraged by the way through the football against a, a pretty good Broncos defense, albeit one that was missing some key pieces. But to see him make some of those throws, especially the one to Marquise Brown, um, ah. I, you know, being in Kansas City, I was, you know, I saw the way he played against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago and thought that he threw the ball there. He's going to have to make plays with his arm um, to win games at some point, and so to see him doing that was was encouraging. But but like you said, uh, what they have in the backfield is not, you know, some kind of murderer's row of, of running backs that's going to make you worry about what they're doing there. What people have told me about that offense without you know, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, some of those guys, is that Lamar Jackson is the one that's going to make a go. And, and so as long as he's back there, he's their best running back. Um, he's their best threat to make big plays out of the backfield. As long as he's there, it's going to open up opportunities. Uh, I, I've been really impressed by what they've been able to do, you know, with Pete, Marcus Peters being down as well. To be 3-1 sure. and one after sure. the way they started with those injuries, uh, it, it, it's mind-blowing. Are you, are you at all – Nobody ever wants to trade for a running back, Jeff, right? Like, this is the NFL. We, we've, we, we treat the running back position the way that we yeah. treat it, right? We just decided you go find a guy, that's your running back, that's the way that it goes. Is there a point at which you say maybe based on who the Ravens are and what they have, they at least have to think about it? And, again, we don't know, we don't know who that guy is. Marlon Mack's been kind of rumored, and who knows if, if they're really going to be willing to trade him. Like, do you at least think about that possibility, or is it – or is that too insane, the idea of trading for a running back in the NFL in 2021? Uh, well, the Patriots just – or the Rams just did it with the Patriots, you know. That's true. <laughs> they did it with Sonny Michelle. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't think it's insane. Uh, in fact, I think it's pretty prudent to think about that, especially if you're a team like the Ravens where, uh, you know, I was out there in training camp and, and talked to Calais Campbell and some of the other players there about Mark Edwards, about where they're at as a team and trying to win a championship. And, and the vibe I got walking away from that was this was – Super Bowl or bust. And so if you're in that mode, you're going to do whatever it takes to go out and get back to a, a level where you can be a champion. Uh, again, being in Kansas City, they just signed Josh Gordon. And this is an offense that has put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yardage. But they're looking at it like, we need to have an extra gear here. We want to be able to get past the Ravens and the Browns and the Bills. And so, no, I, I don't think it's it's out, of, it's out of the realm of possibilities. And, in fact, it should be something they should be thinking about. He's Jeffrey Chidea. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, NFL Network, NFL.com. Jeff, um, we're, we're, we're not – this isn't the quarter poll any longer, right, which was always the phrase <laughs> yeah. that we used for forever and decide this was like the first time we were allowed to, to make any sort of sweeping uh, uh, statement about uh, anything that we've seen so far. But it's close enough. Um, where do you feel like the Ravens are amongst the top teams in the AFC at the moment? Like I, I feel like we are all we all came into the year with this. Hey, it's it's the Chiefs until it's not right. Like that's that's the way that we approach things. That there are good teams, but there's the Chiefs, and they're just so much more. Do are we are we changing our feelings? Like have they come back to a place where we think it's more wide open? And do we think that anybody else has separated themselves in any way at this point? Well, I always tell people here, and it's not a popular opinion, that you know the Chiefs are not the most talented team in the NFL um, anymore, and they're probably not even in the top five just based off rosters. Uh, they have the best quarterback, the best tight end, and maybe the best receiver. But you get beyond that, you know, on defense they've got Chris Jones, and Tyron Matthews, football players, but the rest of the roster is not incredibly impressive, and that's really a big reason why they they've struggled the way they have because a lot of those role players haven't stepped up and. And when you have a defense as bad as their defense is, that puts everybody in play. You know, you just can't go out and, and outscore people 
when you have a defense that bad because people are always going to be in games. You saw it in Baltimore, you know, two uh, two weeks ago. Um, you know, they scored 35 points, yep. but they gave up 36. <laughs> yep. You know, it was what wasn't enough. And so, yeah, I certainly feel like the Ravens, the Browns, the Bills, the Chargers, the AFC West is going to be a really tough gauntlet now for the Chiefs. I, I feel like you, every game is in play for them against a quality opponent. And they're going to see the Cowboys and the Packers, um, like the AFC West, as I just mentioned. So there's going to be probably five or six games in there. They're going to be tough for them to win. So, yeah, I certainly feel like the Ravens can, can be in the conversation if that's going to be the case for the, the best team in the AFC the last couple of years. I mean, you know, I think they deserve that, right? And I think that the real story is if if, if Lamar Jackson is going to throw the football the way that he threw the last couple of weeks and they can get the run game, you know, at least a little bit more um, stabilized than we saw this past week, you really still – as remarkable as is, they're doing it given the number of injuries, but – if this is who Lamar Jackson is a passer and they can run the football, boy, it is. You're hard pressed to start wondering who's going to beat that. Yeah, yeah, and it's as I go up and down the AFC now. I mean, the Chargers may be the best team in the AFC right now. Okay, just the way they played, the way they've looked, um, what they have on their roster, the way the quarterbacks progressed, and. When I look at teams challenging for for a championship, whether a conference championship or a Super Bowl championship, I want to see where they're great, and I want to see where how bad their weaknesses are. I look at the Ravens, and I don't see a ton of really bad weaknesses. Yeah, they've had injuries, but they've still got a lot of good players, and they've still got a great player. Uh, their defense is still, even without Marcus Peters, uh, formidable. And so the Chiefs, when I look at the Chiefs, I say, okay, Great offense, like, my God! When you have a defense that bad, that's a huge, huge weakness. And and you know the, the Browns have strong running game. They have defense. Chargers have Herbert, uh, diverse offense, uh, good defense. Uh, the Bills are God. The Bills are looking around like like Nebraska in nineteen ninety five. Right, out there right. right now. It is so, remarkable. I mean, they're playing yeah, I mean look, teams, they, but they did it against the Texans, but, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, but still, you see those kind of scores back to back weeks in the NFL, or it's just like you're like, my God, that's, that's amazing. So, and, and they found some defense. So, I'm a big believer in defense. When I think it wins championships still, no matter how great the quarterbacks and offense is, if you can play defense, uh, you have a chance. So I mean I guess that's why you're not as high up on the on the Chiefs. I guess that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like how yeah. could you be that? Is there any chance? You know, you thinking about what happened down there. Is there any chance that there is more? We only saw a bit of Le'Veon Bell on Sunday. Like we, you know, he's just working his way in, and you know, didn't get a lot of time in practice with Lamar last week, which we know is big. Is there any chance that there's more there, Jeff? Like he was. I know it didn't go well in Kansas City a year ago, but. You know, he did average four yards per carry. Like, it's not it, – it, it wasn't an abomination necessarily. Is there any chance that there's something more there with Le'Veon Bell for the Baltimore Ravens? Well, I think a lot depends on how well their offensive line plays and, again, how how um, how effective Lamar is when, when he's in the game. I mean, it's people have told me – I've had scouts tell me that he's obviously lost a step – and his running style when he played in Pittsburgh is certainly not the kind of running style you want to see in that kind of offense. The Ravens run where you need to be a little more hard-hitting and to the hole. And so it is a big mystery about what happened with him in Kansas City. Um, I suspect Clyde Edwards-Alaire being here and the desire to get him going was a big factor in this. And then Le'Veon Bell never really got a chance to, as much as they want to talk about running the football here, uh, he never really got the touches he needed to have to have an impact. I think in Baltimore, if he can actually show some consistency and show a little more burst, yeah, he could be a player there. 
but but again, it's it's he's up there in age. It's hard to get that back. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I look. You know, we like some of the routes that he ran on Sunday, and and there's something. I just boy, the idea of him being a like a featured back. It's just it's you're hard pressed. You're hard pressed to see that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, yeah, what can I plug probably. for you, man? Um, where, where, what, where the podcast, the the whole deal with you know, obviously at NFL.com. What else? What else can I plug for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I write a column that runs uh, Monday night, Tuesdays, called uh, the First Read, which is up right now on our website. We do a little bit of a look ahead to to what's coming in the season, not so much a look back, but uh, you know what's happening, you know, trends and players, who's up, who's down. Uh, you mentioned Urban Meyer; he's down right now. <laughs> yeah, really? Why? Now, why? Why? <laughs> is this? Is I missed something? Twice in a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but also I'm doing a podcast with a friend of mine, Seren Petro. Here, oh, I love Seren. I'm a, I yeah. love. I, yeah. I'm a regular on his show. In fact, I love that yeah. dude. That's we'll, awesome. We'll check out our Red, White, and True podcast and our Too Deep podcast. Red, White, and True is more Chief centric, and Too Deep is more NFL oriented. But we do it with a oh, guy from, cool. from Pro Football Focus called uh, named Eric Eager. We have a lot of fun. Tuesday and Thursday nights we do that at 9 o'clock I, Central. That is absolutely up my alley. That is absolutely something I'll check out. At Jeffrey Chadia, and it's J-E-F-F-R-I-C-H-A-D-I-H-A. That's how you follow him on Twitter. Jeff, always appreciate it, man. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. No problem. Thank you, guys. Always, always a pleasure. Jeff Chidia, NFL Network, NFL.com. Appreciate him hopping on with us this a.m. I, I, you know... We'll see. We'll see. But this point about the Rams and them trading for Sony Michelle is well taken, right? That like I mean, they, it's not, they I don't think it's insane to trade for a running back. I mean, it's not I, like the capital you're talking about is where you decide what's worth what. Right. Um and Well, and it's hard to find something. it's hard to find something between with the the depth that the, the Buccaneers have with Geo being hurt, does that make them hesitant to trade Ronald Jones? It seems like they don't have a lot of faith in him. I well and I mean, they're like, also a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl and they know that they're another injury away. Like that's that's they a, know where their bread is buttered and they know that I, while I understand that, what they why are they trading for draft picks? Like they're they're trying to win Super Bowls. Sure. There, that's that doesn't make any sense. I hear you. Like that's just that's an illogical thing for them to do. I mean, how many the the number of teams with running back depth where they'd both be looking for draft capital and have good players to trade, where you wouldn't just be talking about like a lateral move for the Ravens, isn't that, that long? Right. That's the tricky part about all. There's a, there's a lot here. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot to this. You have to find the right team with the right situation and it's got to meet like you're willing to pay something but you don't want to pay too Anthony much and I know the Steelers might not be looking to trade to the Ravens yeah probably something they're unwilling to do probably not but you know I get it I get what you're saying they're going to be a bad football team it's somewhere where he's kind of behind other guys on the depth chart you know would they give him away for a song maybe you know like maybe they would but yeah probably not to the Ravens it's probably not something they'd be interested in Doing. And it does matter that you think you have two running backs next season. Like, that matters in all of this as the length that you're willing to go. And that's why it's a difficult – hypothetically, yeah, I'd, I'd trade for a running back, hypothetically. But who that is, what the cost is, like, that's all, that's all far more complicated. All right, today's program is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort – or perhaps convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. A Baltimore institution is back 
We're going to tell you about that next, and we're going to chat with Mike Tice before the show wraps up, get another coach's perspective on everything that's going on. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox. Great Eights memorabilia and true strong services. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back. It features their delicious chicken schnitzel, Two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko and pan-fried until golden brown, served with a mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Prussian Pretzel Rolls, the Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Draft. Dine on their patios or in their dining rooms, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years and says thank you, fans. 
Good to go. Love this, man. I'm really excited. Um, you know, I, I, for for a certain generation of people in Baltimore, when you say the word hammerjacks, the like the hairs on their arm just stand up because they think about uh, the many nights that they spent in that venue with some of the greatest bands in the history of music. And Hammerjacks is back, and that's a really cool thing. And joining us now to tell us more about it and why it's of particular interest to Ravens fans is Andy Hotchkiss. Andy, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great, man. Um, Andy, take me back. Just, just give me the whole spiel for you with Hammerjacks and why this has been so important for you and, and a passion for you in, in revitalizing and bringing back the Hammerjacks brands. Well, yeah, we got control of the Hammerjacks brand about nine years ago, and we've been working on bringing it back. Um, it's been quite a, a heavy load, to be quite honest. We've had a lot of issues. We've had to go through a lot of different uh, political items we had to get through. And it means a lot to me because I'm a third generation Marylander and Hammerjacks, like you said, means a lot to a lot of people. Um, can you hear me OK? Yeah, absolutely. We hear you just fine. Oh, okay. Yep, we're good. Yeah means uh, means a lot to a lot of people. And, um, you know, Baltimore loves Baltimore. Baltimore loves its brands. And this was something to me that was very exciting because bringing this brand back down to this part of Baltimore, the hope is, is that we can get a lot of people from outside the city and, of course, people in the city sure. to come back into the city and have a great time. Um, you know, Hammerjacks was known as a you know, it's a bar music venue, but uh, one of the things Hammerjacks was really known for was a, a hell of a good time. Uh, anybody who went there, no matter what you were doing, uh, had a good time. And that's, you know, that's what we're bringing back to Baltimore City. Not that there isn't already good times in Baltimore City, but we're hoping to, you know, add on to that and get people back to the city. And that means a lot to me. So I I love everything about that. When you when you just talk to people, when somebody says like, hey, Andy, what do you, what do you do? And when you just say the word Hammerjacks, like... The, the, oh, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, doesn't isn't the response immediate? Like, oh man, you know, like I can't even imagine what that's like when you talk to people. Yeah, I mean, I you know, honestly, I shouldn't even. I mean, there's there's so many stories I should tell you, and it's kind of amazing. People just immediately disarm themselves and tell you stories right. that they probably shouldn't tell anybody. Right. To be quite honest, <laughs> right. and it's it's pretty funny because uh, you know I started wearing my Hammerjacks T-shirt years ago, and it's happened in North Carolina, in Nevada, in California, in Washington State, um, in Virginia. Uh, I mean, where people basically out of the blue will just walk up to you because you're wearing a Hammerjacks T-shirt, be like, "Oh my God, Hammerjacks! I had the greatest time there. I did this. I did that." Um, and immediately they take out their phone. They start texting all their friends saying Hammerjack's coming back. Yep. Um, you know, that's another reason why it was so exciting to me because it does mean a lot to a lot of people. And our hope is to make it mean a lot to a lot of younger people as well. All right. So let's talk about this now. Andy Hodgkiss is with us. Hammerjack's is back. But like, let's start with the but, right? Like, let's go there. Um, it's a little bit different right now than what people think of when it comes to Hammerjack's. So Tell me about what what, it, what Hammerjacks is at the moment, and sure. and what the plans then might be moving forward, Andy. Sure, yeah. So Hammerjacks at the moment, obviously, COVID screwed a lot of things up for a lot of people. Yep. And for us, it basically reversed our plan because going ahead and building a twenty five hundred capacity indoor music venue uh, at this time is just not, you know, not well got not great money spent at this point. So sure. we basically reversed our plan and made it a massive outdoor entertainment facility. Um, 
we're starting year one with just doing uh, Ravens home games. So we have a massive 20, like 25,000 square foot outdoor area with um, refashioned old shipping containers and a bunch of really cool elements, uh, you know, yard games. We have full, uh, not full, we have, you know, two different bars that have uh, 22 different taps and a whole bunch of different liquor. Um, and basically it's, starting out this way because it's COVID friendly. And we know that, you know, the NFL is going to be the last thing that's going to close ultimately. Sure. So we figured we could get open, <laughs> yeah. have our tailgate, show people a good time. And we do have live bands. They're not yep. national bands like we will have in the future, but they're local bands. So we can get some, you know, shine some lights on some local music. Um, so people can come in and still have the music aspect. But, you know, from my partner who's in the music industry himself, um, you know, that world is a little bit broken. So we don't want to go ahead and start booking bands yeah. that have a 50-50 chance of canceling. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. I get it. So, you know, next year there's going to be, we do we do, do private events. We do, um, you know, some standalone concerts. And next year the program will expand heavily to be not only football games, but to be outdoor concerts um, and outdoor events and things of that nature. And then in the future, we are still, you know, we still have in our back pocket, our plans to build that indoor venue. Okay. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, and I know it's taken a long time. Like you said, we are back. Um, we are back in the first hammer jacks on Charles street was not even a music venue. It was just a bar. Sure. People went and had a great time and he sure. just cranked ACBC the whole time. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're taking, we're taking steps and bringing it back. And we just sort of thought, Bringing it back and reestablishing it was better than just going dormant for right now. Oh, because yes, we ran through a lot of problems. We wanted to get it back. And so there are much bigger and better plans for Hammerjacks, but we're really, really excited about what we have right now. And I think that's important, Andy, is that what you're saying is you're coming to the game on Monday night. You know, the Ravens are taking on the Colts, and you're yeah. trying to plan on what you're going to do ahead of time between when you get off work and when the game starts. Um, this is an awesome way to spend your time, spend a few hours before the game begins and it's you know it, it it also reminds you that hammerjacks is is real and you know you get to have that sort of um that tingly feeling that you have thinking about the old hammerjacks and knowing that it's going to be you know what, what's coming is is going to be similar down the road like it seems like a win on all fronts i i appreciate you saying that i agree and yeah so you know before the game we actually have huge tv screens that we broadcast the game and uh, the nfl red zone from the venue. So you can actually come pregame, stay during the game. And then for the one o'clock games, we are going to have a little post game because as you all know, everybody knows traffic down there is insane. Yep. No reason to be game. leaving. So yes. yes. Stick around so for a little while. That everybody's coming to still, to still, uh, you know, celebrate after the win. Um, but we do have like, you know, we have uh, food products from Cooper's Tavern, Fells Point. Cool. We have little Havana from Federal Hill. <sighs> And we have Crossroads Beast Show from Sparrows Point, uh, not to mention all the libations you could drink. That's awesome. So if people want to hang out on Monday night before the game, do they need to get tickets? Do they just show up? Like, what what are the rules at this point for uh, hanging out at Hammerjacks before uh, Monday night's game? Yeah, we tried to make it as easy as possible. And honestly, both things work. You can go online to hammerjacks.com, get the whole program, understand what's going on, get all the information, and you can buy a ticket there early. Or, of course, you can just walk up the day of and, and buy a ticket and walk in. The tickets are very cheap. It's eight bucks to get in the doors again. That has all the, you know, it, it, it gets you into the venue for the live music. And we have, you know, a ton of bathrooms <laughs> and we have, uh, 
and great times in essence. So yeah, you don't need to get stuff in advance. You certainly could. Um, but you know, hammerjacks.com has all the information for every event. That's tremendous. And of course, uh, Twitter is at hammerjacks news as well. Correct. Correct. Very good. Go over there. Forgive them a follow. They're back. They're back. It's not quite the same. Not yet, but it's still very cool what they're doing this season. Uh, in the build-up to the uh, the ultimate uh, full-on relaunch of Hammerjacks, Andy Hotchkiss, I love it, man. Uh, I love it. I know, you know, I I may be a little bit on the young side of how much I like. I got a small taste of it when I was a young man, but I I can't speak to some of the more legendary stories because I certainly was not quite that. But I know them. I know all of them. I've heard all of them. I love. Um, your dedication to the brand and how much it means to people. And I can't wait to get down there and uh, see what you guys are doing. Appreciate you hopping on with us for a minute this morning. Best of luck. All right. Thank you so much. It was great. uh, Great meeting you. Great talking. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Andy. Andy Hotchkiss from uh, Hammerjacks, which is, um, you know, again, if, if you know, you know, like, it matters a lot to a lot of people um, and legendary stories from Hammer Jacks. And um, I, I've been excited about it ever since. I think it's very cool and a very cool thing they're doing in the meantime, um, doing tailgate parties, doing stuff like that. I think that's awesome. And again, find out more at hammerjacks.com. All right. Uh, today's program also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football, which if you're not playing, I don't know what you're doing. A lot of you were like, man, I'm really pissed off that uh, Maryland didn't get the betting put into place in time. I get it. I understand why you'd be pissed off about that. You have every right to be pissed off about that. We proved it. We we were all on board with it. We voted the whole thing. And now we're just sitting here waiting. Just waiting. But in the meantime, you can feel like you're betting by playing underdog fantasy football. You say, look, man, I, I know the daily, the weekly fantasy games. It's fine, but it ain't betting. I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you, it's more than that. It's it's so much more than that. It's player props. It's parlays. It's all of those things. It's not just... They have the daily, the weekly fantasy games. Those exist. But they have contests that are just bets. Go check it out right now. Underdogfantasy.com Download the Underdog app. When you do, use the code PRESSBOX when you sign up, and you will get $10 for free to play with if you deposit $10 or more. It's a great time. Underdog Fantasy Football, underdogfantasy.com, or the Underdog app. Those are the ways for you to get involved. Good? Excellent. Love this guy, former Terp, obviously former NFL head coach, um, now a podcaster. He's joined the media world. He is the great Mike Tice, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Hey, hey, my pleasure, guys. And in about a second here, I'm going to be out of this noise. I'm just finishing my walk-up, and I'm here in Canton at the Hall of Fame doing some work with the NFL alumni. You are you might be the only man in Canton that that could win a fist fight with David Baker too, couldn't you? Like you might be the only <laughs> man who would stand much of a chance in that situation. <laughs> he is a big dude. He's he? so big, bro. He is so like it's so intimidating when you're anywhere near him. I for randomly I happen to know Sam his son. Um I had a connection to him from when I was out in Arizona. 
And before he was at the Hall of Fame, I remember the first time I bumped into him, I'm like, who is this human being? <laughs> like, I, uh, I had the pleasure of coaching his son, Sam, one year at Atlanta. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. And his career was ended by injury, but what a hell of a kid. I really enjoyed coaching him and was able to meet David when I was coaching Sam. But, yeah, he is a big dude. My God. We should, we should send him. If, we, if, we, if there's another war at some point, we should just send him to intimidate everyone and say, nope, don't want a piece of it. That's the way that'll go. You notice he never wears a hat, right? Because there's no hat made big enough. <laughs> it does not exist. I don't know how he has a jacket, frankly, Coach. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, Coach, it's great to chat with you. We're going to avoid talking about Maryland, Iowa, because it's a sore subject for many. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? What what a brutal night that was, man. I wasn't very excited to see that. <sighs> that was, that was not good. That was real tough. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that you, know, you can't turn the ball over. We know no, that. No, you know? no. End story. Done deal. Yep, that's the way it goes. I'm not, I'm not. by the way, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, same old Maryland. I'm not as convinced of that. Like, I, I don't know that it's impossible that this just wasn't one bad night where things just kind of came unraveled and that they still, I mean, it's going to hurt them to lose Dante Demas because, God, he's a hell of a player. Um, but I still think they have the ability to compete with other good teams. Not telling you they're going to go beat Ohio State this week, right? Like that, probably not. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't think that this is going to come unraveled for Maryland just because they had one bad night. It's... Well, I hope so. Let, let's let's call them the Packers. It was the Packer week, like opening week of the Packers. Right? I'll never, I'll never in my life, I'll never <laughs> it, understand it. Right? It unraveled. It unraveled, but they look pretty damn good. Well, or, or the or the Bills against the Steelers in Week One. Go fi- go figure that. Exactly. Right? Like and, go... and the Bills are like pitching shutouts. Correct. They look like <laughs> monsters since then. Yeah, they really do, don't they? Coach, we've been looking for a coach's perspective this morning. I'm sure you're familiar with the story of what happened at the end of the Ravens-Broncos game on Sunday, right? I, yes, yeah, I am. What, what did you make? I, I, I've got, like, I, my, my general takeaway is I've never known 100 yards of team rushing in a game to be an accomplishment of any sort. Like, I've never heard that in my life, that doing that is an accomplishment. So because of that, I didn't care about the record. I didn't care about, you know, putting Lamar back out there to run the ball on a day where you clearly weren't letting him run because his back was hurt. Like, I thought that was big. But I also don't think it's a big deal. Like, uh, who cares? And I thought Vic Fangio's response was way over the top. But what did you make of it? And, 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 and in the world of coaches trying to be respectful, do the right things, wh- who was out of line in this situation? Well, first off, I, I, I want to say I understand Denver with down 16 trying to score a touchdown because, you know, there is such a thing as an on two-point conversion and an onside kick Correct. in overtime. So Correct. I didn't have a problem with them trying to throw the ball. So I disagree with the comment of, I think I read, uh, yeah. there are no 16-point plays in the league. I so, agree. I, by the way, uh, we, I thought that was a false equivalency to the t- nth degree. I, I thought that was a mistake yeah. from John Harbaugh. So if if he's in that spot, that if he's in that spot that you know damn well he's trying to score there to try to make it a one-possession game and get an onside kick. Like, that's... It, what yeah. coach isn't doing that? Yeah, so that was kind of a tit for tat comment, I think. And and as far as Vic going over the top, I, let, let me just say this: as a, a position coach, and then being a head coach for a couple of years in Minnesota, I understand that those type of records uh, probably don't help you win a lot of games. Uh, but it is a resume thing. It is something that looks good. You know, if you're trying to find a job or you're talking about uh, what you're trying to build as a football team to your players and, you know, we've run 100 yards this many weeks in a row. 
I understand it from a motivational standpoint and, and from a resume standpoint. So I'm okay with that. I really am. I'm not having a problem about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know why Vic, it wasn't like they were trying to score. You know, it wasn't like they were trying to run it up. You know, if somebody scored a late touchdown on me and I was still fit, I'd have walked across the field and choked them. You know, so, uh, but they, they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to score. So I didn't, I, Honestly, didn't have a problem with it. To be I, honest with you. Okay, and I think everything you just said is completely reasonable, Coach. And like, it's I said, my opinion is it's not worth it. But if your opinion is, hey, it's, it means something to somebody, that's fine. It's not a big deal, right? Like nobody yeah, got hurt. It's not a big deal in the in the end of the season. It's not really going to change anything. Is there anything? Does this linger in any way, Coach? Like when when something like this happens and coaches get into a spat, does it linger? Does it cause problems down the road? Or like three days from now? Has everyone utterly moved on from it, and they will have completely forgotten about it altogether? Yeah, they're gone. They're done. They're moved on. Okay. They've moved on. But, but on the schedule next year, absolutely, it's going to be a motivational factor. Okay. Okay. Like, and this will be a tool of motivation if they play each other next year or in the playoffs. This will be this will be used by Vic as motivation. Um, which which is fine, which is good, actually. You're always trying to find some type of tool to motivate your team, and this would be a good one if they uh, you know, play in the playoffs or play again next year. But as far as moved on, they've moved on already. Uh, he is Mike Tice, of course, a former NFL head coach with the Vikings, former Terp. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, you know, you brought up what it means something. Uh, my, my partner, Kyle, he was watching ESPN this morning, and Jeff Saturday was talking about it as being a big deal to offensive linemen. Like, that – you know, we, we, they don't get stats. You know, you know a thing or two about that. You, there aren't stats. And that this, that this might matter more to an offensive lineman because of it. And, again, I'm still confused because I've, never, I've just never heard anyone talk about 100 yards of team rushing as being an accomplishment in the game. Like, I just never heard that at some point. But is there – Lamar Jackson was utterly dismissive of it. He could not have possibly cared less. In fact, if you looked at his face, it almost looked like he had disdain for going back out there and running another play. But do you think it might mean something more to the offensive lineman in the process? I think I think Jeff makes a good point. It, it does mean something to the offensive lineman. I know when we uh, had a significant record in Minnesota, which I thought was significant, was the record for the most 300 yards of offense in a row, which uh, has been broken a number of times since, I think, by Indy and who, who else knows who. It's been a long time. But I think that's a significant accomplishment. Uh, that's something for the offense to build off of and your program, you know, that, hey, we're an offensive team. We're getting 300 yards of offense, however many games in a row is. I know it was a lot. and But the 100 yards, yeah, maybe more significant for the offensive line and the running backs and the fullbacks and the blocking tight ends. But uh, 100 yards, I mean, that's that's not a milestone now. That's what I'm. That's that's the part that I'm confused. Where if it was a single, an individual player running for a hundred yards, <laughs> you know right? I mean? yeah. Like that's something. But a team yeah. running for a hundred yards, like hey, that, come on, it's only a freaking buck, man. That's what I'm saying, me? coach. <laughs> like this is why the whole thing is so bizarre to me. Is I because know, but this like, is America, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's around. <laughs> this is, by the way, that might be the greatest uh, statement you'll ever make. This is America, man. Like, I am so confused by why we're treating like. I, when somebody would tell me, hey, do you guys know that you've you've run for 100 yards as a team in 40 straight games? My response back would be like, who gives an ass? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, like, tell me I'm running for 150 in 40 straight yeah, games. Yeah, something, now, that's something. Right? Like, something. <laughs> you know? 
Give me a number that stands out. If it was a player, if a single player had run for 100 yards. Or, or Mike, I even brought up, like, you know, we, we had it in Baltimore for a minute. Obviously, Adrian Peterson eclipsed it. But, like, Jamal Lewis had the single-game rushing record for a little while. And that that felt like it mattered, right? Like, running for 295 yards in one game – that that's a that's a number like that and so if if Lamar Jackson had 294 yards at the end of the game and was threatening Adrian Peterson's record and you're like all we need is three more yards like yeah. I'm probably like hell yeah go back out there and get that right? record that's a number I'm shoving, him. I'm shoving the guy right, right. <laughs> go right that's what I'm yeah, saying no I'm with you I, I understand but it's hard to lose uh, your, your quarterback got hurt the yeah. frustration it's it's a tough there's so much stress in that position. You know, I understand the comments from Vic. Uh, like I said, I didn't quite understand the comment from uh, from John about. Uh, we agree. You know, there are no sixteen point plays. Yeah, but there are onside kicks. And two right. Point there, there are eight. There are touchdowns with two point conversions. Those are eight right. point plays. Like, right. <laughs> right. You can get them. Well, I'm, I'm sure these guys have gotten by. You know, and I'm sure it's over. And, and uh, until the next time, as they say. Of course, of course, until the next time. <laughs> are Are you uh, the silliness of it aside? Right. The silliness of the hundred yard number. How impressed are you as a whole by what the Ravens have been able to do being a run offense at a time where, you know, it, that's just not the way that football works? Yeah, you know, it, it, honestly, if you're a football historian, uh, back in the day when they weren't chucking it 30, 40 times a game, this type of offense you ran, you know, the, the wing tees, you know, the single wing, the double wing, you know, all this misdirection, fake handoffs, quarterback keeping it. This, this is what it was. This is this go back and look at tape in the fifties. Go back and look at early NFL tape. This is the type of offenses they ran. So this is this is not a new invention. It's just better athletes. Hmm. It helps to have Lamar Jackson, man. It helps Are you to, kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I don't know <laughs> I don't know how much you got to see, but the last couple of weeks he's thrown the ball better than we've ever seen him throw it. Like it He really has. He's done a great job. I didn't get to see a lot of the game this week because I was in uh, Minnesota to Kevin Williams oh, right. introduction yep. to the yep. Ring of Honor, yep. uh, which was a great deal except for the game. Uh, <laughs> but, was, but, uh, and then I get to come back to Cleveland on a plane with all the Clip the Browns fans. <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's was, pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he's done a wonderful job, and and so has the other kid. You know, speaking of great athletes at quarterback, Kyler Murray. Oh my is God, doing an exceptional job in the pocket. I saw some num- numbers on him the other day, and he is just killing it. You know, against the blitz and in the pocket between the tackles, his his numbers are like outstanding. Not even you don't have to say they're better than they were last year. Their numbers are outstanding. So good for him, and good for the coaches that are coaching him up and, and Lamar settling in a little bit as a thrower and you know he's got some good he's got some good weapons too so that's good I love the tight end so that's nice all right you, we're about a we're about a week out from um from the Breeders or sorry a month out from the Breeders Cup right you, I you, will be there yeah that's awesome oh where wait where is it this year it's in Del Mar oh that's nice oh what a place that where what a place to be in early November by are the way are you kidding me right. it's gonna be wonderful Diane and I going in on Thursday staying with a friend and uh Mike Pegram, who's won the Derby and the Preakness twice, and uh, with real quiet, he's won. And so, uh, yeah, we're pretty fired up, man. Looking at Lucky, he's had some great horses, so we're going to be his guests. And uh, Diane and I are fired up. For That's that. awesome. That, I was going to say, do you have an do you have an early thought that you want to give me moving towards? I the don't. Bro- I wish okay. I could, but right. I, you know, I I actually you're going to die when you hear this because people that know me think I'm lying. If what after I say what I'm going to say next, I have not played a horse in two weeks. What? <laughs> I said that. I know that's what my wife said. She said what? <laughs> it's like 
somewhat entrenched in, in what I'm helping here with at the uh, at the Canton Hall of Fame with the NFL Academy, trying to get some of these young players that have been released back into the league. Oh, okay. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been volunteering. I, I didn't know that's this what you. second. I didn't know that's what the academy was. So, so the, you're working. Yeah, with that's guys? what the academy is. So we bring in three <clears throat> positions: O line, D line, and running backs. Ooh. And we are trying to get these kids better at the area. Where, which was the reason why they were released. All right. We were in the classroom. We're in the weight. We got Chip Smith working them out. We're in the classroom. We're on the field. It's been a great program. We're very excited about it. And, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. I come in about uh, five times to volunteer. My friend Dean Dalton, who coached me, runs it. So I got to help my man out, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun you, to engage. You got a, you got a running back. Maybe we, I don't know if you noticed the Ravens have a bit of a running back problem. They're, they're trying to throw anything uh, at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. You, you know, it. I'm going to tell you there's, it's league wide. It's rampant. The uh, injuries to the running backs uh, is rampant. We had initially committed five running backs. You opening day last week, we were down to one because the kids didn't even make it here because teams they all got signed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I got to run, man. I got to do another Mike, show. And, Mike, but I uh, at that. Mike Tice 86 on Twitter is how you follow him. Odds and ends with Mike Tice is the podcast. Coach, always appreciate you. Thank you so much Thank for taking guys, a couple man. minutes. Have a great one. Coach Mike Tice, the former Terp, um, always appreciate him hopping on with us. And and I, I appreciate his sentiments. You know, he he's very much downplaying the 100-yard thing, but still saying, look, man, I don't know. It's it matters to somebody. Fine, go for it. And that's that to me is the best argument for it, right? Like it's the best argument you can make is you acknowledge. I I know this isn't really that big of a deal, but it matters to somebody. Whatever, it's not that big of a deal. It's the best argument you can make about any of this. It's it's not a great one, but it's it's the best one you can make, right? Like that's the best thing you can do factually to state. But this this thing where. Listen to Mike Tice. This this false equivalency we're trying to create between running a play at the end of the game where you're up by two scores versus a team that's down by two scores still trying to win a football game in the final minute, like, that's not a thing. It isn't no matter how badly you want it to be because it helps your argument. That's not a thing. Every team is still trying to make it a one-score game and go for an onside kick. And if your team wasn't, that's what I said to people who are trying to come at if the if the Broncos score a touchdown with six seconds left, do you think they wouldn't go for two points? Do you think they wouldn't go for the onside kick? Hard well, to say. No, I, I think they would. Well, then you have your answer. They're trying to win. It's not going to happen. We know that. It didn't happen, and it wasn't going to happen. But you know they're trying to win. You've got your answer. Is it a, we'll try to win, but like, the more realistic scenario is maybe we build some positive momentum with Drew Locke and, and that's a good thing. And, you know, hey, if crazy things happen, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it might be exactly the way that they felt. But in no ways were they punting on the idea of trying to win the football game. Because if they were, they'd just take a knee. They'd just take a knee and say, hey, we stopped you. You didn't get your record. That's what we cared about. They didn't do that. They tried to win. Didn't work out. Ravens got their play. That's what it is. End story. Just don't create a false equivalency. That's it. That's all. That's it. Good? Cool. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of PressBox, it's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Marlon Humphrey is on the cover. He next in line among uh, Ravens defensive stars, that lineage of great Ravens defensive players. Great cover story from Bo Smolka. Get it today at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Uh, power rankings are up at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Go check it out there. You can enjoy some comedic stylings. You know, I'm a genius. Brilliant. I've been thought of as the comedic voice of my generation. By many people. I've heard that regularly over and over again. Um, and it, it's a burden, frankly, since since Norm died that I've really had to carry. That, by, by the way, was... God, I don't remember. Owen Wilson's best joke. I, I watched Saturday Night Live last night. His best joke was... He referenced, oh, he said something like, you know, I got a lot going on. Since Daniel Day-Lewis retired, I've been <laughs> uh, carrying the burden of having to be the greatest actor in the world. <laughs> I was like, "That's a that one was good. That He'll be back, by really the way. Good. I've always assumed so, but he hasn't been yet. Yeah, well, it, like, it takes years between movies anyways. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I don't know. He's such a kind of strange dude that, like, it also, it also wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he just wasn't. There will be a role that comes along that's too juicy to turn down. You're and probably right about that. Uh, let's do one finish this from Power Rankings just because I still owe a lot of sponsors and uh, we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, this finish this is brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling sale is underway right now. Two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit to this offer. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I've got two of them. I'm not sure which one I want to give to you. I'm not sure which one you've earned, frankly, from just being as honest as I can about it. Okay. This is, this is from, all right, we'll do this one. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. Uh, blank Turkish man spends hours blanking blank blank that is blanking for blank. Blank Turkish man spends hours blanking blank blank that's blanking for blank. Drunk Turkish man spends hours searching a ravine that is searching for ravine. Drunk, yes. All right. One hundred percent drunk. Um, no, the other ones. Well, it's it's close enough. The ravine? No, not the ravine. The word search. I'm going to tell you that the third blank. I- is search. So not, you said searching, that's incorrect, but the next word is search. Okay. And, ah, no, no. Drunk Turkish man spends hours. You know what, no, I mean, I just because we don't have all the time in the world, the next ing, it's, it was written as hunting, but I'm going to give you searching instead. Searching. So, searching search? No. No, 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 the next ing. That's blanking for blank. So I was close. You were. Cl- I said you were close. That's why we're doing this. But it was normally when I do the re- repetition sort of thing. Right, I know. It's not normally very normally good. Right? I, and it's not exactly how it was written, but I'm rewriting it because we're, it's 12.06 p.m. Drunk Turkish man spends hours conducting search party that is searching for parties. Party is correct. The end? No, the, the first party. Search party. It's a search party. Drunk Turkish man spends hours leading search party that is searching for 
prostitutes. Okay. I'm going to say it's it's helping because you're you're right all, all over it. Uh, that is searching for him. Yep. That's the winner, of course. That is the winner. A drunk Turkish man spent hours helping look for a missing person with a search and rescue party before realizing they were looking for him. Behan Mutlu from Inigal in the northwestern province of Bursa had been drinking with friends when he wandered off into the woods. His wife was unable to contact the 50-year-old for a few hours, and she and his friends decided to alert the police. While roaming the woods, Mutlu came across a group of rescue workers and volunteers involved in a search mission, unaware they were looking for him. He joined the group and inadvertently started looking for himself in the woods with the search party. Did you find him? It was only... (laughs) No, unfortunately, it's a very sad ending. Uh, It was only when one of the rescuers shouted his name and he responded, I'm here, (laughs) that they realized their error. He was then taken aside by one of the rescue workers. You would workers. think that they're both at fault, though. Like, Don't you have a picture of the guy you're looking for? Yeah, right? Wouldn't you show it? If you're joining right. the rescue party, hey, here's the gentleman right. that we're looking for. They'd be like, well, that guy looks right. I don't think this is kinda, all on him. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. It's a bit on him, but it's also a bit on the people involved. He was then taken aside uh, by one of the rescue workers to give a statement in which he was worried about getting into trouble with his family. He reportedly said, quote, don't punish me too harshly, officer. My father will kill me, unquote. He's 50 years old. He's 50 years old. The rescue workers then gave him a lift home, and it is not clear if he was reprimanded for his actions. So there you go, the drunk Turkish man who was searching hours for himself. I do. I would, I would like to know, like, did he bother asking? Like, how did nobody yell out the name? If they were searching the woods, nobody yelled out the name at any point? Like, I mean, nobody... Don't, don't they normally... I feel like I'm more annoyed that they didn't have a picture of the person they're looking for. Well, I don't. I mean, they might have. They might just not have shown it to him. Well, that like, seems. But yes, silly. it's all. It's all. This is. I do have plenty of questions about the search party that's involved, and also, are they the ones searching for Brian Laundry right now? Because it might explain a thing or two. Well, at least we have about, pictures of them. We do, but like. I get it. I got a lot of. I got a lot of questions, man. Got a lot of questions. All right, that uh, makes an appearance as well as other jovial things in uh, in power rankings this week. Encourage you to go check it out. Pressboxonline.com uh, The only undefeated team in the league is the number one team. It shouldn't be all that surprising. Tidbit brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Alright. Tidbit of the day. The Ravens. Lamar Jackson. The Broncos. All that fun stuff. Uh, well, For what it's worth, the Ravens, of course, went on the road this week and eked out a victory, a 16-point victory. By the way, it's been confirmed that Dante Damas is out for the season. Not not surprising surprising at all. The Ravens won on the road, and so did eight other teams this week. Nine road teams won games this week, a week after eight road teams won a game in each of the first three weeks, which is the first season since the 1970 merger during which road teams won as many games as home teams in each of the first four weeks. Just a bit of an interesting it's quite, tidbit. It's quite random. As to did, did anybody have to run a play when they were going to take a knee in order to clinch that record? You tell or? me. You've got all the stats. I, I do have stats. Plenty so, of them. Lamar Jackson, of course, a big part of that victory. And if not for him, I'm not sure they would have had that victory. But... 
Whether he's running as much or not, he's certainly throwing the ball better and more than normal. His 124 pass attempts, not exactly at the top of the league. I think it ranks like tied for 18th. However, his intended air yards per pass attempt, which is the amount of yards the ball carries on average for each throw, ranks by far first. 11.6 average air yards per attempt, or intended air yards, I should say. He is the only quarterback this season to have started all four games to have an average over 10. (laughs) So a wide margin for Lamar as it comes to that statistic. There are, however, three other quarterbacks to have started all four of their team's games Mm -hmm. to have an intended average air yards per attempt at 9.4 yards or higher. Can you name those three? Derek Carr. 9.2. He sucks. He is one of the only ones who has had more intended air yards total than Lamar. Of course, he's thrown the ball, you know, 45, 46 more times than him. So it makes sense. Kyler. No. Kyler all the way down at 7.8. Get him out. Mm-hmm. Like he's firing. What are we, what are we doing? Uh, how about... Um, how about, man, I don't know. How about Daniel Jones? Uh, 8.9. How about, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Stafford. Uh, 8.6. Herbert. He has all the way down at 6.9. Oh, he sucks. Nice. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he did that purposely. Maybe that's what that was about. Um, Dak. No. For what it's worth, all three quarterbacks yeah. who are just below Lamar, Dak down at 6.7, have thrown as many or fewer passes than Lamar's 124 attempts. I'm not sure that helps. Gives you an idea about which offenses they're running. So I'd say it does. I'm trying to think of... Uh, Taylor Heineke? Nope. Heineke is at. He also hasn't started all four of the games. No, that's true. Uh, Baker? 9.4 okay. for Baker Mayfield. He is fourth. Russ? Russell has 8.7. Rogers? 9.7, the second place oh. man. Right. He's attempted exactly the same amount of passes as has Lamar Jackson. So I'm still missing one? You are. Bridgewater. 9.5 for Teddy Bridgewater. There we go. There we go. I'm not sure that hint helps. Let me just get the ones after you gave me that hint. Well, I'd also already named a lot of quarterbacks at that point, too. You didn't name that many. I I named a good bit, man. I named a good bit. 
moral of the story is the tidbit was also brought to you by uh, the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. They had to move some things around this week, so just stay tuned. There are going to be some great shows coming with Stan this week, but um, just had to move some things around scheduling-wise. Stan shows, as always, are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Speaking of, uh, oh no, I already did that one. So how about instead, how about instead, Tubular would be brought to you by the Tyus Bowles Show. Love Tyus Bowser. He had a massive week. We're taking this week off, and the next week there's the Monday night game. So we just want to move things around a little bit. We'll be back on the 19th. October 19th, we'll be back at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena with Tyus Bowser for the Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. That's the way to do it. Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by True Strong Services as well as Press Box and Great 8's memorabilia. And support Great 8's memorabilia. they got a great event coming up at Jimmy's. Um, it's a food drive for Harvest of Hope. Ray Rice is going to be there. Really encourage you to go to Great 8's memorabilia.com with the number 8 in order to find out more about what they're doing. And I didn't. I thought I didn't do a second C3. Why'd you, why'd you, why'd you lie to me? Why'd you lie to me? I didn't. It's totally on you. I didn't lie Clearly to you. you made the mistake here and not me whatsoever. We'll get back to that in a second. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular, the AL wildcard game. Yay! Yikes. Yankees-Red Sox tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock. Garrett Cole, Nathan, Nathan Eovaldi. As always, there's this question like, who do you root for? You don't. This isn't hard. Nobody is forcing you to root for one of these teams in any way. You can watch the game. You can not watch the game. You can do whatever you want to do. The good news is that one of them will be out. That is the, the good news in all this is that both the Yankees and the Red Sox won't be alive after tonight. I guess I think I'd rather the Yankees season end first, I guess. I don't. I guess. I really have no. I still hate the Yankees more than the Red Sox, but I still hate, I, I hate them I, both. And I disagree. I've always hated the Red Sox more than the Yankees because at least the, like, the Yankees, their history was real. And so like you kind of had to, like the, the Red Sox, it just came out of nowhere in like the last 20 years. Just, I hate them both. but I hate them both a lot. A lot. I hate them both a lot. So I'll always hate the Yankees more, I think. I'm a Rays fan, is what I am. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a I'm a Rays fan moving forward. But I didn't even think about the fact that it's Dusty Baker and Tony Larusa, like in the the White Sox and the Astros. Like, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy, man. That's nuts. Anyway, yeah, that's tonight, eight o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Loyola Soccer's at NJIT, America East TV at seven o'clock. Uh, preseason hoops, Bucks Grizzlies at eight on TNT, NHL Network for preseason hockey. The Panthers and Lightning at seven. The Kraken and Canucks at ten o'clock. The USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. And honestly, that's it. It's just that time time of year. Some non-sports highlights? Non-sports. Like, shouldn't we have some action at this point on a Tuesday night? Like, shouldn't we be at that point of the season where we have Tuesday night college football games somehow? Um, No. Okay, thanks, bud. You're welcome. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, Episode 8, streaming on Hulu. You've got oh, I got caught up on, uh, on Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah? I still watch any that. of it, frankly. Really? Yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. It's so. very good. Uh, impeachment, American Crime Story, 10 o'clock on FX. I'm caught up on that as well. Good for you. Uh, late Night, Rami Malek is on Kimmel. He, of course, the villain in the Bond movie. Yep. Chris Stapleton is on Fallon. And it was Freddie Mercury. He is. Uh, Chris Stapleton is on Fallon. You like Dave Batista? I do enjoy Dave Batista. Yeah, Jason Momoa or on Seth Meyers. Stuff and things. Check it all out. I feel like he, I feel like there was a bit where like he and Jason Momoa were like like talking about doing like a buddy cop picture for for well, no, that Apple TV show. But I feel like there was like a, a story going on where like they just wanted to do a show together that was like a silly comedy and they would just not wear shirts or something like that the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I I sign me up. I'm watching that. Well, I, there's gonna be like. There's probably other guys we could get in the running for it if they're just not going to wear shirts. Okay, well, who do you want? Who's your preference? 
I mean, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, should be he's, in the you know what? He is, a, he is a good one for that. And but is it, are we just going to go with all professional wrestlers? Like, let's get Seth Rogen in there. Not wearing a shirt yeah. the whole time. That's an interesting route to go. I don't think Jonah Hill would be willing to do it. No. I don't think he would sign Probably up for not. that. I think he'd pass. Seth Rogen, however. Or Will I think, Ferrell, he would be willing. Oh, Will Ferrell, I, I mean, like, he would do it naked if you yeah. gave him the opportunity to do it. Very weird bit with Will Ferrell. Just saying, we don't need to make them all sexy. Well, but what if we want that? What if I want to watch sexy men walk around doing without their shirts on? Just put Magic Mike on. Well, I, I've watched Magic Mike a few times in my day. It's a wonderful Fourth of July film, for what it's worth. Actually, I don't know if that was the original Magic Mike or Magic Mike XXL, but one of them is a great Fourth of July film. We, we talk about it. For some reason, my wife ends up watching it at, around the Fourth of July every year, and I'm like, it's a perfect Fourth of July movie. There's this great fireworks scene. It's a whole deal, man. I'm sorry. Did I just come out of the closet? <laughs> like, well, that was what just, what years just, ago. What just happened here? Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs. Just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Thanks today to Busy Show, Mike Tice, uh, Andy Hotchkiss from Hammerjanks, Jeffrey Chidea from NFL Network, Mike Nolan, as well as Josh Charles. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennandclarkradio.com. Uh, no Drew tomorrow, of course. He will not be available, which is fine. Um, we will, I th- I think, hopefully make a discussion with the former Steeler. Oh, okay. We are, we're working on that. One of the, one of the, what we were saying, specifically one of the players that was part of Correct. the record yeah. before. Okay. Some right. things, irons and fires. Very good. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Uh, Paul Valley is going to sit on the show tomorrow as well. Looking forward to that. Paul from the Bad Around is going to come in and hang out with us. Okay, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. I did that part. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.